This is the Barbecue Central Show Archives. The Barbecue Central Show airs live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and is brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic temperature control devices and a host of other products that make your barbecue and grilling life easier. Visit them online at thebbqguru.com or call them 800-288-GURU. And by Big Papa Smokers, creators of fabulous rubs, online retailer of grills, accessories, apparel, and creators of their own barbecue contest. Visit them online at BigPapaSmokers.com. And by Butcher Barbecue, creators of injections and rubs, sweeping the nation, doing well in competitions and in the backyard. You can visit them at ButcherBBQ.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers, official jeweler of the Barbecue Central Show. Call 440-943-2700 and use key term Barbecue Brother when you talk to Steve. Or visit them online at StephenDeFranco.com. And by Green Mountain Grills, one of the best pellet grills you can get on the market today. Varying sizes, not only for your capacity of cooking, but for your budget as well. Visit GreenMountainGrills.com for more information. And by El Diablo Mustard. Looking for a little bit of heat and flavor and regular old yellow mustard? El Diablo has you covered. Six different flavors to choose from currently. And you can find them at LDiabloMustard.com. And by CookingPellets.com. Have a pellet-driven cooker? Why not try out some of the best pellets on the market? And will not void any of your warranties, by the way. CookingPellets.com is the website. And by CookShack, a premier manufacturer of electric and pellet-driven cookers, giving barbecue classes located in Ponca City, Oklahoma. Always running some kind of a special deal. Check them out at CookShack.com. Hi, I'm Johnny Dam, host of the Damage Report radio show. When I'm not falling in love with the First Amendment all over again, I like to sit back, relax, and rub my meat to the Barbecue Central show. And now your host, Greg Rempe. Go, Greg. Yeah, rub that meat. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. That's right, it's the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. Rapidly becoming known as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, more than happy to have you. It's a phone call, 216 216- Two two zero zero nine six six. It's also an email. If you want to, you don't want to call. Fine, send me an email. Greg at the BBQ Central Show dot com. Again, that's Greg at the BBQ Central Show dot com. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, the BBQ Central Show. And here's what's happening coming up in about 13 minutes from now. A monthly segment, recurring guest. 
Big news to announce as well when he's on with us in just a few minutes. Ray Lampy for the Ask a Doctor Barbecue segment. Second interview segment tonight is open, and I'll get into that here in just a second. Surprises in store running amok, and then we'll move to the second hour. And the amount of email that came in over the course of this past Tuesday evening as the show ended last week and now has been mind-blowing only because, believe it or not, finally the competition barbecue roundtables are back and it's brisket tonight. That's right. Widely considered to be one of the more difficult cuts of meat to really get a handle on, and that is brisket. And we are going to break it all down for you from buying it to prepping it to cooking it and to serving it to a certain degree with uh, three of the top brisket cooks in the country. So stay tuned for that. Bring your notebook, pack a lunch, kiss the kids, put them away at 10 o'clock because it's going to get loose quickly here on the Barbecue Central Show. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. And now we've had the parents. We've had Billy Do-Rag Carroll. We've had my sister and one of her friends. We've had most recently Deputy Corey making rounds into the studio and making his Barbecue Central Show debut live in studio. My neighbor and overall good guy Desmond Motley joining us here on the show. Desmond, how are you, bud? I'm doing pretty good, Greg. Thank you for having me on. Now, for the attentive listeners of the show, perhaps they knew that you were supposed to be on the show last week. Uh-oh. Are we saving the best for this week or what? I mean, it's not like I get stood up a lot. Hey, 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 hey. You know what? I don't know not anything. Gonna, not going to lie. I forgot. Plus, what? happy happy wife, happy life. That's right. I've said that before. So, you know. Now, for those that are wondering, um, Desmond is my, uh, well, I guess if you're looking at my house, he's my right-hand neighbor. If you're walking out of my house, he's my left-hand neighbor. Or as we like to say it, we're the two guys with the new houses on the streets. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. A, I mean, it's like an, it's an odd street that we it, live on, right? It, it, I mean, typically, yeah. I mean, if you ideally, if you look at it, you would think like all the houses look the same and, and our two houses just stand out. Like they just took our, my brother came over one time and thought our, our houses belonged on cribs because of <laughs> the neighborhood we lived in. Well, I, I always think of it as like thieves went into <laughs> the subdivision and took out two houses and then put them into the street that we live on. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, you go down halfway down our street and it's like the same old, Bungalow, Cape Cod, couple A-frames, and then, boom, two new builds right there. Yeah. Like modern-looking, one with a succulent lawn, one with a atrocious <laughs> lawn. <laughs> the lawn will make his debut soon, we don't, we Greg. It'll make the debut soon. Hey, we don't want to point fingers. Hey, I'm the not... lawn and who's got the succulent lawn. Hey, hey, I'm just right. saying, nobody knows who lawn sucks or whose looks luscious. Right. At this point particular junction neither line looks luscious well it hasn't been raining one's more suck like than the other well hey we're gonna categorize all right i don't like to categorize much well nobody has any kentucky bluegrass i'll tell you that uh we're gonna get into your cooking 
skills and like the level of uh, of cook that you rank yourself at and all that stuff here uh, around nine thirty five. Okay. Um, so uh, that's fun. But let me tell you something. I was at work on Friday, and I work in Beechwood. So I get a call back from a guy that left early, 4.15, 4.20. He's like, hey, watch out for the protest between the Palestinians and the Israelis going on outside. And I was like, what? That was that one. Right. And I don't... Where I work, you wouldn't associate any type of protest. It's a business park. Like, you know, it's not downtown public square or someplace that you want to be sexy like where the news is going to come. And it's a business park on a Friday night. And, man, sure as shit, I'm getting in the car. There were 50 or 60 cops. There's mobile command set up. There's cars zipping down one side or down oh, the street shit. with Israeli flags hanging out on one car and Palestinian flags hanging out on the other car. And they're lined up on the sides of the street is separating them like the Red Sea. <laughs> and I'm driving through it and things were just kind of ramping up from what my boss told me. It actually got pretty loose a couple hours after the fact. Whoa. But here's me just trying to make my commute after getting my head busted by my customers all Friday yeah. and trying to get home to enjoy some drinks with you, perhaps, and then your wonderful wife. Absolutely. Playing around with your beautiful uh, son, Braden. And uh, here are these people screaming and yelling. The Palestinian people are yelling, free, free Palestine to the Jewish people or Israelis on the other side of the street. I'm thinking to myself, what good is the chant free, free Palestine doing in Beechwood, Ohio? <laughs> I mean, what? I was thinking to myself, how about there's got to be a couple of different options. How about getting in a plane? All, everybody collectively getting in a plane, take separate planes if you want. I mean, you know, whatever. And going to, you know, uh, Israel, Palestine, or, you know, I'm not a big geology or geography guy and you know where all that stuff comes yeah together. but look at you know we we all know we're talking go there and protest where it could possibly help it's not helping in beachwood ohio <laughs> it's not helping me get to home any quicker being di- directed by the cops but but both both sides had their respective flags yes flying down the street yelling and screaming at each other and then i thought this were they speaking english yes of course I, and so I thought about this. I'm like, well, okay, well, how about this? Instead of getting in the plane, let's do something completely outside of the box. Somebody take the initiative, walk across the street, <laughs> introduce yourself, and perhaps find out the following. <laughs> it's really cool to make new friends with different backgrounds and beliefs. <laughs> or perhaps, you know, finding out that you don't have to hate someone just because everyone else where perhaps you've come from has been hating the other side for thousands and thousands of years you know you don't have to bear the burden of continuance here locally right how about breaking the cycle that's like a big psychological term breaking the cycle and starting it right here in the rock and roll hall of fame city of cleveland ohio or perhaps realizing this that even in your protest unlike um you know, the Gaza Strip and all this stuff. 
You're protesting. No one is killing each other over land or religion or whatever it is right here in good old Cleveland, Ohio. I mean, that's refreshing yeah. at, at the bottom level of what's happening. here. That's got to be refreshing. No yeah. rocket-propelled grenades. No. No, no children no. strapped with bombs running around town. You know, and Cleveland's on the rise. Well, I, well yeah. that's just my Cleveland's personal on, yeah. opinion. Cleveland is on the rise. I, I mean, I you know, Cleveland's bit of, back on the rise. Well, you know, with a little bit of notoriety he's getting from the RNC and LeBron's back and everybody's so LeBron's spo- back, baby. Cleveland is a sports team, right? It, it, Cleveland is is I don't say like is a sports town. Is a sports team? Is Cleveland, Ohio against the world? Yes, that's what I was going to say. It's Cleveland against the world. And a lot of people in the chat room don't understand that. <laughs> That's uh, fine, but that's, uh, I mean, you're entitled to yeah. your own opinions. I, I guess I was. I needless to say, uh, I was taken aback by what I saw Friday. Mostly, I guess, because of the protest that was taking place here. Yeah, and and thinking, and I don't know, like what the what the goal was. Um, I didn't even know it was going to happen. I would have took a different way to work, or I would have took the I helicopter. Mean, what honestly? What is the goal of a protest for for these two nationalities and? A different country in a in a different city where what are they supposed to do? Make phone calls? Email each other? Here's what here's what's gonna be accomplished. Jack. (laughs) That and five cents will get you a cup of coffee. All right. Enough of the political powwow here tonight between uh, me and Desmond. Yeah. Let's, for instance, talk about something a little bit more refreshing. How about Cook Shack? That's right, folks. Do you need an easy and consistent smoker for your barbecue, check out Cookshack's largest residential electric smoker, the AmeriCue Model SM066. Be a barbecue genius with this easy-to-use smoker now until August 7th. You'll receive free FedEx priority shipping and get a free gift when you purchase Model SM066. Just tell the friendly and professional sales team at Cookshack you heard about this offer from the Barbecue Central Show, and you must use the promo code FREE GIFT. That's right, FREE GIFT, or you can call 800 423 0698. Of course, online orders can be found at cookshack.com. The AmeriCue uses real wood chunks to smoke your foods. It's inexpensive to operate, energy efficient due to the spin glass insulation and heavy duty stainless steel construction. Features a digitally controlled thermostat system and a meat probe. Holds up to 50 pounds of meat and vegetables. All Cook Shack products, of course, come with their famous no-risk 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. The sale is for three days only. Order and use the promo code FREEGIFT when you check out at CookShack.com. Or, again, give them a call. One of their friendly sales associates. 800-423-0698. And uh, tell their staff you want the free gift deal and you heard it right here on the barbecue central show again that's the americu sm 066 you can celebrate barbecue every day hurry because the deal ends thursday august 7th again the website cookshack.com and the phone number 800-423-0698 good friends over cookshack desmond you're in line for an electric smoker soon right i'm actually on cookshack as we speak there you go Free gift, right? You got it. Hey, you can't be free. All right. uh, We will check in with the good Dr. Ray Lampy right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Desmond Motley joining us for the show this evening. Desmond, thanks for uh, oh, hanging out at the house. Oh, no problem. Long no walk, problem. I know. Yeah, I uh, almost rolled my ankle on a, on a uh, stone out there. Yeah? Yeah. Luckily, uh, luckily everything's okay with <laughs> All right. Uh, joining me now, you see him here on the show once a month. You've seen him on the television recently. You've seen him write books. You've seen him. He's basically uh, one of the faces of barbecue in every facet. We race over to the hotline and uh, oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. Almost forgot. Got special intro for Ray, of course. If you got questions about barbecue or grilling, maybe as a hobby or even a business, looking to get an expert's point of view, why not ask Dr. Barbecue? You can submit your questions by clicking on the Ask Dr. Barbecue tab on the website. The doctor is in. Here's Ray Lampy with his nurse, Greg Rempe. Dr. Barbecue. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Ray Lampy <laughs> joining us here on the show. Ray, how are you, buddy? Well... You there, Ray? Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, yeah, there we go. All right, we got you now. So, I mean, it seems like it's been two months since we had you on the last time, although it was only really, what it's only been one month. It's been a long July. Um, what uh, What's happening with Ray right now? <laughs> Man, that's a loaded question. Right. We're getting ready to do cookout before kickoff, starting Labor Day. And in between there, we're going to be at the World Food Championship. So I'm on the road starting Labor Day 13 out of 14 weeks. I'm going to Louisiana tomorrow. I'm going to Connecticut in two weeks. I'm going to Duluth, Minnesota for grill wars in between. And I'm sure there's some other things. Duluth, Minnesota for grill wars. Yeah, it's a fun event. I mean, it's nice and it's nice and cool up there this time of year. They have a burger throwdown among all the butcher shops and bars and restaurants up there. And everybody shows up in the park at like, four o'clock on uh, Thursday afternoon and they party hard for three hours and they go home and it's a rocking good time. Have you noticed, uh, I w- this is not even a question I was going to ask you, but what I, I judged for the very first time in my life uh, a couple months ago, I judged a rib burn off here at one of the local <laughs> cities in, in uh, Willoughby and it was horrific, <laughs> and, but it was just open to the restaurants. So I think it was kind of like a, you know, a promo type deal for the restaurants that are downtown you I mean a lot of people aren't familiar with downtown willoughby but it's you know maybe a you know a quarter mile strip of old buildings very historic looking but it's really seen a revival a lot of you know high-end restaurants you have your kind of mid-30s to 50 crowd successful snob sons of bitches and they had the worst rib cook-off ever on the face <laughs> of the earth but are you seeing a not a resurgence, but are you seeing more and more cities and towns kind of uh, promoting businesses with these kind of cookoffs, or is it just kind of a, an anomaly? Well, I mean, cookoffs are so popular now; it's on every channel all the time, and and they're happening everywhere. So it's kind of normal to see. I mean, I'm not seeing a lot of it where I am, but but I'm not surprised because everybody wants to have a cookoff. Everybody wants to do some version of chopped, and 
and everybody wants to be judged. And so, yeah, I'm not surprised to see that. I'm sorry to hear about the terrible ribs, though. <laughs> you're you're sorry to hear about them. I had to eat them. Uh-oh. Man, they were. Uh, let's just say the best rib, believe it or not, had open pit barbecue sauces. The base. Oh, good. Oh, well, I like open pit. I'm a Chicago guy, but still. Yeah, I like it, but it's weird because it can stain your fingers orange in like half a second. Yeah. All right, Ray yeah. Lampy joining us here on the show. AskDRBBQ.com is the website if you want to go and submit a question for next month. We're happy to answer it. And you can also visit Ray's other website, DRBBQ.com, to keep up with uh, what he has going on. Uh, before we get into some of the TV stuff that we've seen you on recently and this other big news item that I'm, I'm not sure everybody knows about but we'll talk about here uh, to a, a certain degree tonight, uh, last time you were on, you were just either getting ready to launch or it had just launched this uh, online barbecue class. Uh, fast forward, you know, four weeks into that, where are we at and how are things going? Yeah, it's off to a really good start. Uh, it's actually a company called Craftsy, craftsy.com. If you go to my website and sign up, I get a few extra pennies and it costs the same. Actually, when they launched it, they launched all their classes at half price. And I didn't know that. And I wasn't happy about it. I started complaining that I wanted it to be full price on my site. And they said, we can't do that. If it's half, it's always going to be the same price everywhere. So if you go to my site, I get a few extra pennies. But then I had the genius idea to buy onlinebbqclass.com and just point that at the page on my website that has it. It just makes it easier to find. And uh, so that's what I did, onlinebbqclass.com. And I think that's going to be a good thing down the road and it's yeah it's done really well so far i think i haven't really called them to ask them but i'm really pleased with how well it's done i don't i don't know what the numbers are exactly but it's uh i think like they paid me a number up front and i have to earn through that before i get any more money and it was a decent number and i've earned through half of it already in about five weeks so i'm really happy with it i think it's good people are liking it uh the reviews have been good nobody's mad at me i and sandy really likes the barbecue sauce recipe the time there so I had to make that for her the other day, so that made me feel good, too, because she's pretty jaded these days. Uh, Ray, in regards to when you were putting this video together, or let me ask you a better question. When you, uh, when you buy the class, like what can one expect from a, from a teaching standpoint? There's seven lessons. That's sort of their, their footprint of how they like to do it. And the first one is all about barbecue, just talking about things, and I've got some grills there uh, we, I have some big green eggs, of course. I have a Weber kettle, and I had a Fast Eddie there. I, I'll give you an inside tip. We tried to shoot it in Colorado a month earlier, and we had a Stumps, and we had a, a Green Mountain Grill, and I had some eggs, and I had a, a Fast Eddie as well, and we got rained out. We, we got a vicious thunderstorm. We couldn't do it, so then we did it at my house, and we used what I could scrape up, and it was some eggs and a Weber kettle and uh, and a Fast Eddie. So we would have had more diverse group of cookers, but we just it didn't work out that way. Um, and I should go, show you the cookers, go through them, how you would set them up. And it, but it doesn't matter. You know, any cooker can cook at 235 degrees. And so that's the first lesson. Talk about wood and charcoal and that whole thing. And then there's a whole rub session and a whole sauce session. And then there's a session on ribs where I do whole spares, uh, St. Louis cut ribs and back ribs. There's a uh, chicken session where I do chicken parts and chicken halves. This is for home barbecue. This isn't a competition class. There's a lot of wavering back and forth. You know, you'll recognize some of the things I did, uh, but but it's not a competition class. Now we did pork butts really just one way. I just cooked them and showed you how to chop it or shred it. And then I did brisket. I did the brisket two ways. I did it a, what I call Texas style and Kansas City style. Basically, 
Uh, season one got a spicier rub, and it stayed all together, and I sliced through the point and the flat, much like you would in Texas. The other one, I gave it a little sweeter rub, and in Kansas City fashion, I split it along the way and made burnt ends. So there, the sessions are uh, overall cookers and, and wood and everything, rub, sauce, chicken, and turkey, ribs, pork butts, and briskets. And once you buy it or you... Uh... Uh, you uh, register for the class online. Uh, this is something you get to keep and you just keep going back to, or do you only allow it to watch it for so long and then it expires? Yeah, no, no, it's yours for life. Once you sign on to it, you, uh, you buy it, you have it for life. And that's what they, it's a real interactive community too. You talk to the people. That's part of the deal that I'm required to be there to answer questions and, and talk to the people that have signed up for it and stuff. It's really, you know, they're doing, they're doing it right. They're, they've had great success in the craft world and they're moving into food and they're, they know what they're doing. I mean, the footprint works and, and I, I think it's really a good idea. Like I said, it's, it's a basic barbecue class. It's not probably most of the folks that are around here, you know, don't really need it. Uh, but there's a lot of people interested in what we do and they don't really know where to start. And with these lessons, they're going to be able to cook some pretty good food to put on the table. Uh, I'm actually just getting an instant feedback from Eugene Apicella, who said he signed up for the class. He viewed all the lessons, and he said it was well worth the price. So uh, at least one positive reaction coming back here from all the uh, ne'er-do-wells in the instant chat room here. Uh, we're talking with Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue. Uh, so good news on the uh, on the online class and continued success with that. Let's talk a little bit. Um, I believe it was, was it, wasn't this past, was it this past week that you were on uh, American Grilled, or was it now like two weeks ago? Yeah, it was last week. Okay, last week. Uh, for the folks that don't know about it, little you know, brief thumbnail sketch of what the show is about, uh, and then how you were contacted, and I guess more importantly, uh, what your show was themed over. Well, the show is basically chopped with grills. It's outdoors, but it's on the Travel Channel. It's very much about the cities that they're in. They went to 13 different cities, and they had a truck carrying everything, and very much embraced what was going on in the city in the way they, the place they set up. The one I did that you saw last week was in Savannah, Georgia. The 20th of August, you'll see me again at about 10 feet from Wrigley Field, which is like somewhere I don't really like to go. <laughs> I'm a White Sox fan, but I told them I was not wearing a Cub hat, that that was not an option. Um, but, they, you know, they're going to, to cities and really getting into a cool place in the city and using ingredients from the city as well pretty cool the way they did it and and they're not giving you like stupid ingredients that you never heard of uh there have been some wild ones but not it's not like like chop uh and it's all about grilling they've got a, a double wide grill one side's gas and one side's charcoal i think it's pretty cool they've rotated the judges uh i judged two episodes this time and oh i know danielle did a couple i know famous dave did two i think uh elizabeth carmel did a couple little robin linders did a couple um, I don't know who else. And then they, the, the third judge is typically a local, like in my case in Savannah, it was the guy that runs the Savannah Honey Company or Savannah Bee Company or whatever it is. It's a big deal. And, and he's, uh, he's a really decent guy and, a, and a, a beekeeper is what his thing is. And he's really interesting guy. So he knew a lot about Savannah and he knew, knew about this product from Savannah because he's the guy that makes it. Um, so it was really, it was really a well done show. And I got to judge a couple of the episodes. It was a lot of fun. I mean, those guys battled it out. Poor Jack. Jack Waybar was he was basically probably going to win, and he burned up his pork chops at the last second. He was just so much going on. It happens, you know. We all do it, and he kind of burned them up more than he, he couldn't get away with it. Uh, some of them were recoverable, but there was a couple that he just couldn't recover. And that little girl Tina, but she had kicked ass. She had cooked really well. 
Um, but Jack probably, if he had cooked up pork chops well, he probably was going to win. But it's been exciting, I think. I think it's a pretty good show. Are you what? are you surprised that, you know, Jack has been on TV a couple times. I believe he was on Pitmasters at one point uh, and maybe a couple other shows. Uh, are you surprised he kind of got caught up in the in the madness of the show, having a little season on him, or uh, just goes to show uh, the pressure of television? Yeah, it's hard, man. I, I you know, Jack definitely knows what he's doing, and just shows you if he could have that happen, anybody could. It, it's tough out there, and and I think Jack was trying to he was trying to make some shrimp and grits and and make some Ooh, gravy at yes. the same time, and he just got caught up with that, and he just you know. Uh, his pork chops just got a grease fire going. I mean, the charcoal, that charcoal grill was hot. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, Jack certainly knows what he's doing, but, man, it could happen. Uh, what do you think about the, the host guy? Is he, uh, is he a legitimate host person? I think he's really good. I kind of like him. I mean, he's, he's a good guy. I can tell you that. We've become friends, and he's really a good guy. I kind of think the way his cadence and the way he's kind of, you know, the way he speaks, I think it's kind of fun. I, I, I really – I kind of liked it when I was there. Um, so, yeah, I, I do. I like the guy. I'm, I mean, I'm happy to work with him. I actually auditioned to be the host of that show, um, and they chose David. And I didn't know David or know the story at the time. I found out later. Once they started casting for cooks, I sent, I filled out an application. And the casting guy called me, and he said, I don't think they're going to let you cook. He said, but they might let you judge. And I said, well, I'd rather cook. It's 10 grand if you win. So, well, <laughs> I know, but I think they'll just make you judge. And I said, well, you know, talk to me about it. And that's what they wanted me to do. And, uh, but no, I think David's a decent guy and I kind of like him. I, it's, it's, you know, he's, he's, he's not, he's a little more even keel, you know, than I would be, that's for sure. Um, but I, you know, I think that weird cadence that he's got, not weird, but that stoic, the way he speaks, I think it kind of works. Are you allowed to give us any insight into the uh, Windy City episode or is that kind of hush hush because it has, hasn't aired yet? Yeah, I'm probably. I'm sure I'm not supposed to say anything. I tell you, we were the five hundred field, and, and it was actually a nice day. We didn't get rained on that day. We, we certainly had a lot of fun. There's a lot of weirdo Cub fans around. That was kind of disturbing. But yeah, part and parcel of the bunch there, right, Ray? Yeah, there was like one creepy Cub fan there, like a whole. <laughs> I mean, this guy. They definitely needed to investigate him. <laughs> All right, so big news of the day, and uh, I saw it. You, you had uh, kind of passed me an, an email, and then I, I did see it on the Facebook as well. <clears throat> Big announcement. Folks, Ray Lampy uh, being inducted into your 2014 Barbecue Hall of Fame, ladies and gentlemen. Look at this guy. Desmond, you are talking with a uh, Hall of Famer-to-be. What do you think about that? I I am I'm honored. Of course you are, you I am son honored. of a bitch. Um, hey, I'm, you know, I'm glad to be here. I, yeah. I'm learning, I'm listening, and it's, I mean, it's a great, it's a great thing. You don't get to talk here. to Hall of Famers every day in my basement. No, um, I Ray, don't get to talk to barbecue Hall of Famers. Right. In, in oh, my, however, in my, I do talk to Hall of Famers. In my opinion, this is, is this the third class as it sits under the, like the new, uh, the new indoctrination of Hall of Famers? Because it was like a, a crappy online presence there for a little while, and then, uh, crappy. It was a start. It was a, a very noble beginning to the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Lucille obviously had some type of interest in that. <laughs> uh, look, so I mean, look. To be honest, it, it has risen to you know a different level. So let's uh, let's just say that nicely. Um, but I, I'm surprised that, and you're not going to say this, and I'm not saying it for you, but I'm surprised it's taken three classes to get you in. Well, thank you. That's yeah. very nice. Um, and, and 
my my question and and I just want to get your opinion on it. I mean, obviously you're happy to get in. I would be happy to go in. Um I thought you would be more of a getting in on the pitmaster side versus like the celebrity. I mean, certainly you've seen a lot of television stuff recently, but uh, I mean, the chops and, and the experience comes from the pitmaster side. I honestly think I was a good fit in either side. I, I don't, I'm not bothered by it, honestly. Um, these days, I probably, a whole lot of people know me more for being on TV than cooking in barbecue contests because I only cooked one this year in January and one last year uh, on Long Island with Dirty Dick. I mean, it's not like I've been very active in the competition world, but I'm not doing any catering. I don't work at any restaurants. So, you know, these days it's, it probably is a better fit than, than Pitmaster, um, you know, to be honest about it. But, but I, I mean, I, either one would, was acceptable to me. I, I'm, I'm not bothered by it one way or the other. I appreciate getting in. I mean, you know, there's just so many good guys that belong to get in. It's going to, it's going to take a while for the thing to get up to speed in my opinion. Um, and I, I get it. I'm really glad they're taking their time. Um, but, but, you know, for me, if this, if this was the position they offered me, um, I was happy to accept it. I, I don't, I don't think it's a stretch for me at all. I think it's a fair, either one I think would have been a good fit. No, I don't think it's a stretch. I'm just thinking that, you know, long as the years span, uh, I guess I would know you more as a pit master than as a, uh, a, a celebrity, but, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, it's, uh, to get in well, is to get in. Because whatever level of celebrity I am was achieved because I was a pit master first. Right. There's no question. Right. So. Um, you know, do you, I, I see it, but I, do you, you know, have I, any um, do you have any idea like how the how the process works, like how people are picked? Is it is it like submitting names first and then, uh, you know, the the popular group gets to then be looked at by a panel to decide if there's worthiness? You know how that works? Yeah, there basically is that um, when the when Mike Tucker and, and Ray Basso started it online, that's where it came from. I was involved as one of the panels that approved people. And, uh, but I'm not anymore when it moved over to the American Royal. I, but I'm not very involved in it. I, I, as terrible, as pompous as this sounds, I really never wanted to appear to be campaigning. To you know, yeah. um, it's a little. It was a little awkward for me because I, you know, I have done a lot of stuff. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I got to think that I was going to be considered at some point. But I can tell you that going forward, I am going to get involved and I'm going to help any way I can. Um, I know that there's a nomination process, and I. The one thing I heard. And I've heard this from the original way we did it. The denominations that come in are not very thorough. So what we need to do, people need to nominate people. Because if a guy doesn't get nominated, he's not getting in. I don't care who he is. Um, somebody needs to write up a nomination and then take the time to do your homework and write a couple paragraphs about what the guy's really done. Because not, I don't know who the people all are on the panel. I'll probably find out. But I don't know that they all know who Cliff Weddington is or or Chris Lilly, for that matter. I, I don't know if they do. And and if you don't give them good base to work on, these people are not going to get into the Hall of Fame. So I think the whole community needs to start filling out nominations and don't be discouraged if your guy doesn't get on this year because they're only doing three a year hell save it and send it in again next year um i really think the whole community needs to get behind that and make that happen and i'm going to push for that and maybe we even need to have a process where we write the nomination you know once somebody is nominated we do the homework and then present it but we got to be careful not to be biased then as well it'd be much better to have it come from the person that does the nominating because it, it's not the Hood Football Hall of Fame where 
five years after Walter Payton retires, he yeah. goes in, and we know it. I mean, it's, it's a lot more complicated than that at this point because, I, I mean, I'm not retiring, uh, you know, and Myron certainly isn't retiring. He's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's a little more complicated than that. But I, but there's good people that belong to get in there, but we've got to somehow get nominating them, and that, that falls on the whole community to me. Ray, I guess, like, the, the most important question to ask is when I get nominated into the Hall of Fame, am I going under celebrity or entrepreneur or what? Because it's not going to be Pitmaster. We all know that. I mean, unless people like my backyard barbecue, which there's plenty. Uh, but well, am I going to be celebrity or entrepreneur? Because it's both for me. Well, there's the industry. Isn't that what it is? Industry and entrepreneur? Yeah, I think that would be a good fit for you. A celebrity works, too. You know, you're a big-time radio guy. Well, all right. You can't even say that without laughing. You bastard. All right. Uh, Ray Lampy is uh, on the show every month. AskDRBBQ.com is the website if you want to ask us a question, which we didn't actually get to any uh, this segment, but that's fine. Uh, we'll do that next month. We'll hold over. Uh, we got a couple good ones coming up. Uh, and, of course, you can uh, keep up with Ray at DRBBQ.com. Ray, always appreciate the time, and uh, we will talk to you next month. Always a pleasure, Greg. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. There he is. Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, again, drbbq.com, and askdrbbq.com. Desmond, you know, when I am asking a question for real, I don't need some Hall of Famer laughing in my face. <laughs> oh, you're a big radio celebrity. Tee hee hee. Well, you are. You get a lot of notoriety. Yeah, but you're not laughing when you say it. He was laughing, he was busting a gut. I, I mean... I know. Get over it, right? I'll get over yeah. it. Sooner or later. Hey, uh, Desmond, you know about El Diablo Musk, right? You've had it at my house. Yeah. Yep. Did you know that uh, August is one of the peak grilling seasons of the year? Well, you know, maybe if you live in other places where you can grill all year round, it's peak all the time. Yeah. But, you know, this is August, July, June. I mean, we're kind of in peak grilling and barbecue season right now. Uh, El Diablo wants to turn your ordinary barbecue into some of the hottest on earth. That's right. Try adding some El Diablo's fiery habanero, roasted chipotle, flaming jalapeno, or spicy mango in your sauce. Marinade or rub for a new flavor kick that's hot and intense. El Diablo features six bold flavors that taste great and are hot as hell. How about trying mango for island heat on your meat? What are we talking about? Uh, how about trying some Southwest Roasted Chipotle? For blazing layers of flavor, try that steakhouse for a zing of Worcestershire and tangy tomato. Or make an ordinary hot dog an instant chili dog classic with El Diablo's Texas Chili. You can also try jalapeno on some hot bacon or a burger for real jalapeno puree. And a mustard zinc. Or, last but not least... Habanero for a flavor inferno for you daring types that demand all heat all day. So get grilling, add some heat to your meat, and you can connect with El Diablo on Twitter or Facebook for recipes, tips, and giveaways. Bold flavors, great taste, hot as hell, El Diablo Mustard. That's ElDiabloMustard.com. I don't think they have them in uh, Giant Eagle yet. But you can get them right at, at, uh, at my personal pantry grocery store, right? That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. You like the jalapeno? You know, I like anything hot. Anything? I like, I like spicy foods. I can. I, I mean, I haven't ventured off into ghost peppers yet. However, oh no, sir. However, 
I indulge in a little bit of spicy food every now and then. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, we should lay out all of the flavors on the bar uh, after the show and do uh, spoon shots of El Diablo mustard. What do you think? Uh, we'll talk about it. All right, we'll talk about it. Uh, you, on the other hand, go to eldiablomuster.com. Pick up yours today. Uh, we'll be back with an open segment. And Desmond Motley right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Seven seven four four eight zero four three three to get on the air. Now here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, we are back two one six two two zero zero nine six six. Greg at the BBQ Central Show dot com. Uh, just a little bit of insider information here. Uh, if you are guesting in the studio, you really can't see, like right now if you're watching, you see me looking at you, you see uh, handsome Desmond Motley looking at you. But the way it looks, or let me say the actual setup, a little different than you're seeing in here. <laughs> of course, the people that are listening on the audio file, they don't give a shit how anything looks. They're just listening to our voices, which is fine. That's how the show was uh, originally born. But then we added the video component. So if you're looking at me, basically there's computer monitors right in front of me to the tune of three and a high desk, and then my uh, camera right here. And then off to my uh, left-hand shoulder, and I can't see him, is Desmond. And he's got a light on him and a camera in his face. But we can't really, like, see each other. No, not at all. Right. So uh, you can't see this middle finger I'm giving you. Yeah. Maybe I'm not giving. You don't know. You just can't see. I don't know. Right? And I'm afraid to do anything because I know you're watching I can me. see you. That's Son right. Bitch. So uh, what we need to do is get like the TV feed monitor so you can at least have a TV screen like up here so you can yeah. see me or you can see the whole show feed. Yeah. I think but, the show feed would be a little bit more uh, beneficial. Yeah. That way, yeah. I mean, you can... As- there's like a a, vis, a visual connection. <laughs> visual. A visual. Uh, and Desmond was just recounting a story in the break that he's like, God, you know, Dr. Barber sounds familiar and then he went on the Googles. And you, of course, then recalled that uh, you've seen this guy on television like a bunch. Yeah. So Barbecue Hall of Famer. That's awesome. Have you ever talked to a uh, football Hall of Famer? Um, Football Hall of Famer. Or any I've, any, I any Hall of Famer. I haven't yeah. talked to one. I mean, I met Chris Carter before. Yeah. Um, met Shaq before, basketball Hall of Famer. Is he in the Hall of Fame? Uh, not yet. Not yet. You might as well consider him a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's first ballot. He's tall. Uh, I mean, you, you. oh my gosh. You think I'm tall. He <laughs> yeah. dwarfs me. I met, I met him uh, when he first signed with the Cavaliers years ago. And he was shooting, believe it or not, he was shooting an Icy Hot commercial at John Carroll. Why and John Carroll? I don't know. And he pulls up in this this big dumbass truck that was a, uh, it looked like a, uh, what do you call it? Like one of those freight freight trucks? Yeah. Big, like a big diesel truck. truck with the Superman symbol all over no. it. All the kids on campus is like going crazy for him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the nicest guys down to earth, goofy, you name it. He's he's Shaq Fu, Shaq Fu, Shaq Diesel, the big Aristotle, the big the big cactus, whatnot. 
amazing person. All right. So, uh, well, I, you know, people can't tell uh, because you're sitting down. So everybody kind of looks the same when they're sitting down. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you're what? Six, five, six, 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 four, six, four. Yeah. And uh, you're, uh, you know, you're. I mean, you're a pretty big guy. Uh, Two eighty. You know, yeah. I mean, you're. You know, you can you can handle some business if if it uh, if the chips were down, I would want you in my corner. Hey, I, I well, I you, mean, especially me because I'm about a hundred pounds. I uh, wet. <laughs> I believe in nonviolence these days. Yeah. Since Brayton has been born, well, me staying out of jail is a good thing. Yeah, you staying out of jail is good. And if the chips are ever down, you on my team is a good thing. That's what I'm saying. All right, uh, so Desmond is my uh, next-door neighbor, and uh, if you're just joining us late and wondering who the guest is. So, you know, I like to talk with uh, what I consider to be my, my kin, which is the backyard barbecue guy. Man, on this show, uh, you know, you catch the show from time to time. I'm talking with these guys that are out there busting their hump on the trail. Yeah. They're some of the top pitmasters in the country, highly ranked within various sanctioning bodies. For instance, in the second hour, we're going to be talking to... Um, the uh, the current number one KCBS Team of the Year points race leader and first in brisket, uh, Donnie Bray from Warren County Pork Choppers. We're going to be talking with Jason Ganahl from GQ Barbecue, who's 11th ranked uh, in KCBS for brisket. And we're going to be talking with Jim Elser from Sweet Smoke Q. They're making up the panel, who's second in brisket in the Florida Barbecue Association. But he's also first in the Florida Barbecue Association's Team of the Year points race. So there's really no better cooks in the country right now they are going to be able to talk about brisket. So we're looking forward to that. But the majority of people that listen to this show probably don't compete. Probably never, maybe didn't even know there was a competition circuit out there. Like, for instance, Desmond, did you have any idea that uh, in various parts of the country, or not even various parts of the country, did you know that there was a circuit that you could get on and cook literally every weekend from the end of January until almost the end of December? I was unaware of that. Yeah. I was yeah, I was I was unaware of that. However, I do like to to watch, you know, on my television. I catch a couple uh, you know, not necessarily chop, but you know, pitmasters. I'm I'm in love with pitmasters for some reason. And uh, you know, I I just think that I I like competition, I like grilling. So, you know, I mean, it's a it's a very very high interest of mine and I just keep I, you know, I keep plugging away and see what I can learn. All right, I'm getting a uh, question in the instant chat room from a sponsor of the show, uh, also one of the top cooks in America right now, uh, Dave Bosker from Butcher Barbecue. How many ribs can you eat? That's a true measure of how barbecuers uh, measure a man. So I can eat if, I, if I'm... if i Well, we might need to clarify that. Like if, <laughs> you know, like if I just ate and then somebody dropped ribs on me, I'm not going to be able to eat the same amount than if I'm... you know. No, I'm going to cook ribs for the day, and I might lightly graze. You know, if I had my druthers, I could probably put away a slab of ribs, slab of St. Louis-style spare ribs. Okay. Um, I might be sick later, so that's, you know, roughly 10, 11 bones. Um, Desmond, uh, you're sizably bigger than me. Uh, what's, your, what's your measure of magnitude? I've honestly eaten, not in one sitting, I've honestly you know, throughout the day, I've probably eaten about two slabs. Really? How many at one time do you think you could? Do? I can eat a slab of ribs at one time by myself. No problem. No problem. I'm not a sauce guy. I think sauce is more sort of a filler. I like rub, to be honest. So 12, you think you could do about 12 bones? I think, well, I mean, I could, I, I would say if I had to, I could do 12. Yeah. 
And again, sickness. Um, um, I could probably dial it back, yeah. have six, feel comfortable, and not hate myself in the morning. I never hate myself. I think ribs are delicious. Well, yeah, but, you know, I feel fat, and I'm like, oh, why did I do that to myself? I ate all that pork. <laughs> you know, a little self-hatred. Hey, let's give a shout-out to Sweetberry. Nope. <laughs> I, I, I love that place. <laughs> I love that place. Honestly. Yeah. Okay, the first person on, in the chat room that can tell me what Sweetberry is. People have no idea what we're talking about. I bet you they don't. They have no idea what I mean, we're talking about. Here's the bottom line. We live in a city. I guess you could classify it as a pass-through city. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, in the old days, it was uh, kind of dominant-ish in sports in the uh, back of the old days of the Chagrin Valley Conference. <laughs> um, but... Uh, Otherwise, you know, people would see Wycliffe on a map and blow right through it. And you can literally blow right through Wycliffe and not know that you're like in a city or that one city has now folded into the next. <laughs> and all of a sudden you're at 90 and you get on, you're the hell out of here. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing in the main drag, which is Euclid Avenue, that keeps you here. No grocery store, no Starbucks. No McDonald's, no Burger King. It's a McDonald's, but I mean, no, it's terrible. That's technically Euclid. Watch out. Uh, no, there used to be a Wendy's, but no Wendy's anymore. There's one Subway. Yeah. And I'm like, man, there's nothing here. And finally, <laughs> there was like this old little, it, it, it had attempted to be many things over the years. Yeah. And now it is finally like this family owned grocery store man it's great isn't it oh my gosh fresh produce juice got some of the best pretzels you can buy <laughs> and you you're a big shopper there yeah i go I, I literally go probably two three times a week and you like the ribs there I get the ribs. I get the st louis style ribs yeah i got a pork chop the other day i got a single pork chop that's probably about you can see me. Probably about that about, about that big. Probably about that thick. Yeah. Three bucks. So the pricing is good. Pricing is phenomenal. Well, phenomenal. I was just happy to finally... You weren't here. Were you here when that other grocery store made an attempt over by Dollar General there? Up at the top by the Speedway? No. Yeah, there used to be a grocery store. There, and that, <laughs> got kicked. that didn't work out too well. In the middle, I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, Sweetberry seems to be on the rise. Yeah. A lot of, uh, lot of good support. Yeah. So Support you know, the local businesses. Yeah. I mean, why not? Support the local businesses. I just got a text message, Greg. Well, from who? The wife. Okay. Shout out my brother-in-law and his, and his girlfriend. Okay, so well, shout out to, to Matt and Chelsea, my lovely wife, Annie, and my uh, sleeping little boy, Braden, who is, honestly, anybody calls this show, I think my kid's cuter than yours. <laughs> and we'll fist fight for it. <laughs> well, Desmond won't, but I, I'll pick up the slack. You know, he's taking up peace. All right. Uh, so what are, you, uh, what are you cooking on currently? And now that, I mean, did you have any idea that the guy that moved in next door to you was going to be bringing an army of cookers with him? I am currently cooking on a a Weber. Uh, can't no, remember the model. That, that ain't no Weber. It, it, shut up. That ain't no Weber. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, the guy who moved next door. Well, for one, you did a phenomenal job building this house up. Yeah. from the ground because 
I thought it was going to be like the neighbor's house. And you know what? They're nice people and all, but wasn't that appealing to me. Yeah. So when you moved in and, and I was grilling the one day and he was like, hey, yeah, I do this. I said, what? And you said, yeah, I got like 12 of these things. Right. I said, do you drink? And what did you tell me? Hell yes. I bring it. You, I don't know if you ever seen Step Brothers, but at that moment, I uh, thought we became best friends. <laughs> we might. We're the best neighbor <laughs> friends you can be. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, hey, you drink, I drink, you grill. I try to grill. I'm a novice. I'm uh, not going to lie to you. You're hey, good. You're, I don't know. I don't doing think, it. I don't think you're going to see that 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 uh, chimney ever again. I'm in love with that thing. Right, look, this is this is something <laughs> that needs to be brought to attention because there's a lot of people out there that still uh, want to to use the lighter fluid. And two and three years ago, I would be a little bit more snooty about people using the lighter fluid. I don't use it anymore. No, but I'm thinking, you know, if you're going to use it and you do it right, it's going to burn off. Uh, but, you know, you can't ever trust the general public. Correct. So why not use tools that might be able to, to better up your barbecue? That's a, uh, I coined that phrase years ago, better up your barbecue. And I said, hey, Desmond, you use lighter fluid? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I was like, hold on. Ran into the garage, and I pulled out the charcoal chimney. And I said, hey, try this out. Yeah. And we did it uh, last week. I did it a few days after and, that. Yeah. And You'll never see that damn thing again. You well, no, I won't see it again. Well, that's fine because I got the weed burner. But uh, the other thing that we won't see is lighter fluid. No, we don't. I, that is that is sacrilegious in my house right now. Right, port. Now you just and you use like you really use it the way the charcoal chimney was intended. I mean, yeah. obviously something's invented, and then everybody thinks that there's well, how can I make money off this? So they made the paraffin cubes and the fat boy wood sticks and all yeah. this other stuff. You just wad paper up there, light it, and go. Yeah, why not? When you have the, the caveman paper style, yeah. just light something and let it go. And now, no more uh, lighter fluid, potential taste, which is great. Here's yeah. the question, I guess, that needs to be uh, asked Have you noticed a flavor difference in the last couple times you've cooked uh, compared to all the other times? You know what? It, I've kind of noticed a small change in the taste. Not necessarily a, a a drastic because I would let her I would literally let the coals uh, burn white. Yeah. So that would definitely, but it's still residue that was on the coals, and you can you can kind of taste it. I don't taste it anymore. I taste my rub. I taste whatever I'm cooking. It tastes pretty good. Now the only thing we need to do is start getting you to buy uh, all lump hardwood charcoal, and then I'll co- I'll have completely I, converted you. Know what? you right? I will go get some tomorrow. After I leave work, I'll go. You're going to be, well. Oh, you, will, the, you, know, you the, won't be here. No, the downside is that <laughs> you, you can only buy certain kinds because there's a lot of crap out there. I know. But we'll okay. educate you on that. Hey, And then you'll be like you my next door. complete convert. And then we'll get you, I'll get you the, the Weber Smoky Mountain I got sitting off on deck. Absolutely. And then you'll be really barbecue. It's going to be great. Yeah. You, you know, know what? We need, to do, we need to do another... Uh, Family, family, uh, mosh posh of yeah. of everything that we did the one time. Believe it or not, those asparagus that I put on the grill, mm. they were done with lighter fluid on the charcoal. Yeah, well, they were good. See, you're doing it the right way. You you let it burn off. That's what I'm saying. You know, three years ago, I'd just be giving you the riot act. Yeah, not anymore. Forget it.
All right, we're talking with Desmond Motley, my neighbor. A lot of people wondering if this guy's a, a local guest. Yeah, he's, believe me, he yeah. doesn't get more local than this. <laughs> Corey, my son knocks on your door. <laughs> yeah, Corey, Deputy Corey seems like a long-distance neighbor compared to uh, Des. Just, you know, because of where he is. All right, folks, let me uh, talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers. That's right, Sterling Ball and the gang over there. Uh, Big Papa Smokers is the one-stop shop for anyone interested in barbecue, featuring a comprehensive selection of all-American-made grills, spices, sauces, accessories, and even a kit that gives you everything you need to make that world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. BPS has made a name for itself by making an award-winning line of championship rubs. Their rubs have won almost every major competition barbecue event, including the 2012 and 13 World Series of Barbecue in Kansas City. The 2012 Jack Daniels Invitational and the 2013 Kingsford Challenge. The 2014 Houston Livestock and Rodeo. Of course, many more to come down the road. Big Papa's has also banded together with a fellow California-based rub company called Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what has now become known as the West Coast Offense. Defying conventional wisdom, these two California-based barbecue rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profile that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. They've even created two of their own unique competitions, King of the Smokers, which brings the best of the best in barbecue head-to-head in a back-to-basics competition. King of the Smokers is unique in that contestants may not use any electric device, such as a pellet cooker or pit minder, Contestants are just allowed to use charcoal, wood, and their wits to win one of the most high-stakes barbecue competitions around. Of course, the other one is the guinea pig, which is a contest uh, or a cost-controlled competition that helps to bring in newcomers to competitive barbecue. It's also featuring prize distributions all the way down to 10th place in each category, which helps provide incentive to get new competitors into the world of competition barbecue. On top of all of that, Big Papa has created a unique brand ambassadors program, the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country, working together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind, folks, that Big Papa Smokers has been able to do all this within only four years of being in business, turning the competition barbecue world on its head, creating their own unique competitions, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain and benefiting children's charities across the U.S. It's just the beginning for Big Papa Smokers. BigPapaSmokers.com, the website. Check them out. You'll be happy that you did. Uh, we're back to wrap up the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back to 16-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Thanks again to uh, Ray Lampy for joining us in the first interview segment. Desmond Motley sitting in tonight. Desmond, are you a fan of uh, paninis? Yeah. A couple guys in the chat room saying one of the only things they miss about Ohio is the panini sandwiches. Would you miss panini sandwiches if you moved out of Ohio? No. 
Yeah, me neither. No. It's really. I would miss uh, unique things. You know what? A lot of people don't know where Polish boys are. When you go to places and you order like a, por- a Polish boy. Yeah. They don't. You know what? They don't know what those are. And I'm looking at people like you're crazy. Is, is po boy and Polish boy the same thing? No. Two different sandwiches. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we don't have time to discuss the. We will not get into po boy and Polish boy. <laughs> Does po boy have shrimp on it? It can. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm showing. My, I don't have. I, I. I never knew. Polish boy. You know, I like Slimans Deli down at uh, 20th Street. You go to Slimans, you get cor- you get a corned beef sandwich. Mm. I get Reuben. Ugh, no, I love Reuben. I love sauerkraut. No sauerkraut. Thousand for Island you. dressing, and I like a mile high corned beef. No, Give it. all day long, twice on Sunday. Mile high corned beef. Yep. Swiss. Yeah. Mustard on rye. Oof. Beautiful. Yeah. And you know what? Some places will actually toast your rye bread for you. Yeah. Love it. I like a little crispy bread to play on the juicy corned beef. Unbelievable. A little bit of a texture change in your mouth. That sounds weird. I'm not touching that subject. That's what she said. I get sound effects over here. Just, I know you do. I, I, I hear them. Oh, right. right. Uh, we are going to step away real quick. We'll load in for the barbecue round table. Coming up next, you are listening and watching the Barbecue Central show. Right here on the Barbecue Yellow. Central Networks. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish, what? We ate fifty four wieners. So listen, Lavernius, shake a face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working right now. Ooh. Top men. All right, just like that, we are here for the second hour. Desmond Motley joining us. Desmond, how are you, buddy? I'm doing really well, Greg. Uh, You are in for a treat, my friend. Believe it or not, we have three of the top pitmasters in the country ready to, uh, as we say in the industry, get loose Uh on uh, the subject of brisket. Uh, One of the most popular segments or styles of show that I do here is called the uh, Competition Roundtable. Tonight, it has everything to do with brisket. Uh, Joining me on the panel tonight in no particular order, currently ranked number one in the KCBS Team of the Year. Oh, and the brisket category, Donnie Bray, Warren County Pork Chopper. 
Next up to bat, going all the way down to the southeast, uh, currently ranked number one for Florida Barbecue Association Team of the Year points, and second overall in the brisket category, Jim Elser. And a guy who was sucking back a brown succulent liquid, making uh, ready for his second week in a row day, uh, appearance, none other than the pitmaster of uh, GQ Barbecue, Jason Ganahl, currently ranked, I believe, 11th overall in the KCBS for uh, brisket. So, uh, gentlemen, appreciate you uh, joining me tonight. Uh, Donnie, do I have you here? Yeah. All right. Do you, do you not have video tonight? Uh, Hit the little camera. Hit that little camera button there. No? Hang on just a little bit here. All right, you work on that. I'm going to go all the way over to my right and uh, pull up Jim Elser. Jim, uh, why don't you uh, go ahead and tell everybody uh, just a little bit about yourself and uh, perhaps what you're cooking up. Well, I'm a fellow Buckeye, Greg, as you know, living in the state of the great state of Florida. Um, I'm cooking on, uh, I, I, I mainly cook on uh, ugly drum smokers and uh, some GMG pellet cookers. That's what I'm cooking on right now. Just, just ugly drums. And, and I cook on, uh, I cook my chicken on uh, Green Mountain pellet cookers. All right, Green Mountain pellet cookers. That's Jim Elser, Sweet Smoke You. Uh, Donnie, uh, what, are you, uh, what are you cooking on these days? I cook on uh, Backwoods. I'm up using a G2 competitor and a G2 party. Have you uh, have you ever cooked on anything prior to the to the backwoods? Has it always been a backwood thing for you? You know, I I cooked on the same homemade offset stick cooker for about thirty years. Oh, and um, I still have that. Um, done really well with it. We uh, in KCBS, I think we finished twelfth with that in overall rankings before we uh, decided to try something commercialized and and actually try to get into the water pan portion of it and uh really 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 like the backwoods have you ever considered going back to the to the old-fashioned stick burner at this point or no you, you know i do every once in a while but it's usually when i have to step things up for quantity um i uh I'm probably not i'm i'm really satisfied with those cookers and, and i get introduced to a lot of cookers um, and I think that we as cooks, we can get on top of any of them, but uh, if you something isn't broke, don't fix it. Uh, last but not least, the pitmaster of GQ, Jason Ganahl, what are you uh, smoking with? Uh, I'm smoking with a FE100 and a Memphis Pro for contests, and then I have a big green egg for my backyard. Memphis Pro is uh, Pelligrill, correct? Pellet grill, correct. Yep. How did you land on a, a Memphis grill uh, as compared to any of the other number of pellet grills that are out there on the market now? Yeah, the, the Memphis, what I liked about it was that it, it went up to 600 degrees. So it originally was a backyard pellet grill. So with, with all the little kids running around the house, I don't have time to tend to a fire. So I just wanted something super simple that was very versatile, that got to a very high heat and also could cook at a low heat. So I just kind of rolled the Memphis out from the backyard and put it in my comp trailer, and that's how it ended up in my comp trailer one day. Uh, are you wearing a St. Louis Cardinals jersey? Can you not see it that well? Do you need a better, better view uh, there? I don't think the uh, Colorado Rockies uh, barbecue invitational people are uh, very happy about you taking their money <laughs> and uh, <laughs> sporting a Cardinals jersey. What the hell? Well, the, the joke was that uh, two. <laughs> Troy Tulowitzki still made more per at bat than what I made that weekend. Yeah, so he well, did all right. 
He's probably doing all right. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, All right, uh, next question here before we uh, hit the first break, and then uh, during the log segment, uh, we'll get into the prep and uh, ramping up for the cook. Jim, let me get back to you uh, from Sweet Smoke Q. Um, you know, we, there's been a uh, obviously a, a lot of talk, uh, even you know, last three or f- four years of when teams decide to make the jump from the stuff. You know, we're talking about brisket, of course, uh, but the, the stuff that you get at Sam's or at the grocery store, and uh, deciding to, to kick it up a notch and going into the the wagyu category. And you've seen a number of purveyors uh, show up, of course, over these last couple of years as well. So I guess it's a two-pronged question to, to everybody, and uh, we'll start with Jim. Uh, do you use uh, the higher-end, the Wagyu stuff? And if you do, do you have a preferred uh, purveyor of the Wagyu? Yeah, I, I only use uh, Snake Rivers. Um, I, their quality is far you know, above any, anybody else that I've used. Uh, you know, when I started in this game five years ago, I was you know, cooking the, you know, the, the CAB you know, choices, and, and then... You know, once you, once you cook the uh, you know the wagyu, it's just I, I won't go back. There's they they don't even they don't even compare. Do you get a do you, are you getting a, a more beefy flavor? Is it more tender? Like what's the what are some of the the two key points that you find between what you were using and what you are using now? Well, well, the thing with with a, a higher end brisket, you know, like a wagyu, you know, what what you know, and I've cooked different brands of wagyus. Um, the flavor is just, it, in my opinion, it's so far superior than, um, you know, a, a choice or, you know, a, a CAB. Um, and, and I've done well with a CAB, uh, just the, the flavor is just night and day difference. You know, yeah. and the tenderness is, is, is night and day. Donnie, uh, are, are you, uh, cooking the, uh, Wagyu's as well? And, uh, if so, uh, have you, you know, tried out all the other brands that are out there and who have you landed on as a uh, a top supplier right now i'm doing the snake river gold um i've I done well with the uh, just cooking a prime a couple of years ago and and that got me into points of uh of, uh, in the brisket category but uh the supplier that i had and then how long i would age them it just seemed like it took me forever to get my program together because i aging them out about 35 days and then buying a case at a time and calling out and um when there was a difference in the way that uh, wagyu cooked and once i got on top of that i'm afraid to go back you know i just asked jim this question uh, and wanted to get your take as well uh donnie you know what are the the one or two key things flavor wise or, or texture wise or whatever that you found when you when you jumped up well, you know, I, I do think it has quite a bit more flavoring with the marbling that it has. You know, fat's where it's at. So um, uh, I don't like cooking any kind of lean meat at all. Um, it just, uh, and the Wagyu being just a little bit more forgiving, I feel like, that when I start trying to break it down. But uh, I, I really like the Snake River briskets, and I'd been cooking the uh, just the regular black and just switched over to the gold. I am seeing a difference in those and how they cook. You know, uh, brisket's a finicky piece of meat that has, uh, you know, they won't cook uh, the same all the way through normally. you got a hard end and, uh, and then an end that's uh, got a lot more marbling. So uh, once you get used to that, it's hard to go back, I think. 
Are you paying more for a gold, or is it just a, a, a color thing, and you don't have to, to pay more because it says gold on? I think it's about fifty dollars more. Wow! So, uh, like, what's your cost on a brisket right now? You know, those golds are probably with shipping getting close to a couple hundred bucks. Real for one? Uh, yeah. Wow, that's a uh, that's a pretty big expense, Desmond. That's pretty expensive, right? Be honest. And then I cooked them seventeen to twenty. So wow. All right, uh, Jason, you're up. Uh, have you also ventured into the to the higher end stuff? And uh, if so, when did you decide to, to make the jump? If you didn't start out with it, I guess. I mean, you know, a lot of the the younger teams might just start out with that stuff. Yeah, and that's what I did. I started out with the cab, and uh, kind of like the way the golds are taking over right now. The wagus took over, at least out here, uh, about uh, a year and a half to two years ago. And now we're starting to see everybody move over to the golds too. So I started out on cabs, and then once everyone starts cooking the blacks, you know, you, want, you don't want to bring a knife to a gunfight, right? So I start cooking the blacks, and now everyone's cooking the golds, and I'm hoping I don't have to to move up to the golds. But if everyone starts doing it, um, I mean, it's just what you have to do if you want to if you want to compete. In my opinion, do, do you not want to have to do it because you're going to be dipping into the pocket a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, you're basically starting out with those golds. You're starting out with a with a 180 brisket, with a perfect brisket, and you just can't screw it up. And you got to hope the judges uh, see it that way too. And and that's the the frustrating thing is the judges don't always see it the way you see it, right? So if you cook it right and you don't do well, and you just spent 250 bucks on a brisket, and you might make 50 bucks or 75 bucks back, I mean, that puts a dent in the old pocketbook, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, but uh, as you guys uh, probably are well aware, it seems that competition barbecue is uh, getting more expensive and you're not making a million dollars, you know, winning all of these different things during the course of the year. But uh, a different uh, roundtable for a different day, I'm sure. Uh, all right, guys, uh, sit back, relax here for three minutes uh, and we will uh, come back and talk about all the pre-cooked stuff that you guys do. Uh, we're talking with Donnie Bray. We're talking with Jason Ganahl. We're talking with Jim Elser about uh, brisket tonight here on the Brisket Roundtable on the uh, Barbecue Central Show. Let me talk to you quickly about Butcher Barbecue. That's right, folks. Uh, we all know Butcher's is well-known for the injections, the pork, the beef, prime injection, the bird booster, which has all combined uh, the, uh, well, the Prime Injection has combined all things loved from their beef injection using its award-winning flavor enhancer, its ability to keep your brisket juicy. They've combined it with the competition standard in beef flavor available for sale right now, ButcherBBQ.com. Of course, the Bird Booster available for uh, the poultry. A lot of people whining and complaining that you can't get the flavor all the way down inside of the meat. Well, guess what? Now you don't have that excuse. You can uh, get the Bird Booster, put it all the way right down there, Right now, next to the bone, if you want to, for crying out loud. Now, if you're looking for a go-to rub or a go-to sauce, you know, you've hit the mother, I tell you, each and every week. Butcher's Barbecue, a full line of award-winning rubs. One of my favorites is the uh, honey rub. I used that extensively this past weekend on the spare ribs that I did, also on the pork butt that I did. But maybe you like steak and brisket rub. Butcher's Barbecue got you covered right there. How about premium rub, especially if you inject with Butcher's? because it's formulated to work with the injection, a perfect one-two punch to impress uh, either judges, like my panel tonight, or uh, just like friends, like me in the backyard. Of course, last but not least, uh, the sweet barbecue sauce. Uh, when it comes to sauce, I'm as picky as it gets. But your sweet barbecue sauce wins in every category for me, not overly sweet, a nice slice of tang, just the right amount of back-end heat, and for crying out loud, no liquid smoke. 
Uh, Dave took the time and effort to make quality sauce, no shortcuts. I suggest getting a bottle of six because they're going to go very fast. No worries about breaking the bank when it comes to shipping either. Items totaling up to $55 ship at $8.50, between $55 and $200 ship at $9.75. And anything over $200 ships for free. If you didn't order in July, you slept. You could have saved 5 bucks extra on shipping, for crying out loud, but you snoozed, you lose. Nevertheless, head on over to Butcher's Barbecue right now. Stock up. ButcherBBQ.com. That's, again, uh, ButchersBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. All right, we're back with the pre-cook events with our brisket roundtable. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Watch All right, we are back. Uh, I'm sure I got my damn screen up right now. That's not it. There we go. All right. Uh, Joining me, Donnie Bray from Warren County Pork Choppers, Jason Canal from GQ Barbecue Team, and Jim Elser from Sweet Smoke Q. We just got done uh, talking about what they cook on and uh, the beef that they use and why they use it. Let's get into the important stuff, gents. Talk about some uh, pre-cooked stuff here. And uh, we'll start with Donnie Bray from uh, Warren County Pork Choppers. Uh, Donnie, uh, the, uh, I guess it used to be kind of a hotly debated topic, and I've, I've thought about weeding questions out, but I found that uh, I've left them in, and then all of a sudden somebody surprises me with an answer, so I better not do that uh, here tonight. Is it whole packers or, uh, or flats for you? That's whole packer. Uh-huh. Have, have you ever <clears throat> dabbled uh, with the flats, or have you ever been, you know, caught in a position where you've had to do it? And, and what do you like between the two? Well, you, you know, you're sacrificing. If you did do that, you're sacrificing uh, uh, a portion of that <clears throat> that makes really good burn in. So, uh, I have cooked, uh, I have cooked flats before, but not for competition. Uh, Jason, is it uh, Packers or uh, have you uh, have you done flats? Yeah, first of all, I want to flick off my pencil here. I want to write down what Donnie says as he's as he's speaking here. <laughs> right. But, uh, I I, uh, I cook pretty much just all Packers. I, I like to turn in burn ins, so I use the point off the Packer for my burn ins. Uh, have you ever used flats before, Jason? Or uh, no, I don't think I've ever, I mean, I've cooked them in my backyard, but I've never for a contest ever, ever used flats. Uh, Jim Elser, Sweet Smoke Q, is it, uh, flats or Packers? Packers. Ever, ever messed around with the flats? Yeah, my, I think my first two contests five years ago, I did, uh, flats and I, I know for a fact, my first contest ever, I did a flat and, and that was my first, first brisket ever cooked in my life. But down down here, you know, down here in Florida, uh, or, or in the southeast, is you know, I think the judges are looking, you know, with the Packers, you know, with the burn ins, like Donnie said, you know, we're, they're they're looking for some some that's the last category, so they're looking for something sweet. And down here, you know, our burn ends are real sweet. All right, so let me ask this quick question, which isn't on the thing. Um, do do you ever not turn in burn ends, Jim? It's 
very rarely. But if, if they're if I feel they're going to hurt my score, I will not turn them in. But I, I, you know, down here in the southeast, I I really do that believe that the judges are looking for that, and I, I think it does affect their score. So uh, if if they're if they're not up to par, you know, I don't turn them in. But ninety nine, you know, ninety eight percent of the time, I do. Uh, Jason, do you always uh, well? If if they're right and it's not going to detract, will you always turn in Burnett's? Yeah, I will. And I mean, I used to not be able to get them right all the time, so they used to stay out of the box. And you could still, you know, two years ago, you could still do good turning in just flats. I don't know what it's like now. Uh, I've, I've turned in Burnett's probably like my last. I mean, I only do at most fifteen cooks a year, but I've, I've turned in Burnett's probably my last twenty cooks. Do you feel like if you didn't, you you would be in a disadvantage situation? Well, there's one person that I know is listening to your show right now. I think it was David. I don't remember who it was. I, no, it wasn't David. It was, it was t- Tuffy. It was someone on Pitmasters. I couldn't remember a couple of years ago. And they made the comment, I think it was Tuffy, right, that made the comment that uh, judges are expecting burnt ins and someone didn't turn in burnt ins. Therefore, a true Pitmaster that shows the skill turns it in. And I think at that moment, a lot of judges saw that. And I think that's what kind of changed it, whether or not it actually did or not. That's the perceived uh, change kind of uh, out here and amongst the cookers I talk to and stuff. So yeah, a lot of people out here uh, are turning in burn ins if they if they really want to impress the judges. Of course, uh, Jason, judges aren't expecting anything. That would be ludicrous. Of course, of course, of course right, uh, Donnie? <laughs> uh, assuming they aren't going to hurt you, uh, are you always looking to turn burnt ends in? Me? Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, let me ask you the same question I just asked, Jason. Do you think that if you didn't? turn them in that you wouldn't feel as comfortable with your brisket turn-in as you would if you're turning them in? Was that a question to me? Yes. Yeah, I, I just tried that this year. Uh, <laughs> Rome, Georgia. A uh, couple, of, couple of months ago, I had some uh, burn-ins that I felt like were just lacking just a little bit, but I had some, uh, I had some slices that were over the top. Uh, and, you know, I cook every weekend, so uh, you know, from one week to the next, you, you really get a chance to, to know, at least on your trailer, good from bad. So I had some I felt like were over, over the top. I went ahead and turned them in with it without burning and finished, you know, 13th, 15th. I done forgot. It was something that was definitely wouldn't help anything in points and cost me, uh, the, had three other good categories and got reserved instead of grand. So I feel like since then I've just tried to get jiggy with the with my burn ends. If I, if I can do anything to them to correct what I feel is not right with it, they're going in the box. Uh, Donnie, let me stay with you for for the follow up question here. Um, and maybe now <laughs> it's different than it was three or four years ago with the, how much briskets are costing anymore. But how many briskets are you cooking for a comp? I only cook one, uh, not not really because of uh, uh, the finance part of it. But I feel like if I if if I take two and I'm cooking two and one's a little bit lacking, I tend to just try to work uh, and not not try to uh, bring the other one around. I just give up on it. Uh, I think that with one, I can stay focused on it, walk it through the cook, get it through the stall and actually feel like I produce a better product with one than I do two. Uh, Jason, let me go to you for that question as well. Uh, how many briskets uh, are in your cooker for a competition? 
I agree with Donnie. Uh, I, I used to, a couple of years ago, I used to cook two. I used to cook one cab, and when I was getting in the Wagyu, I used to cook one Wagyu. And uh, I, I have found that uh, it's just easier for me in my setup just to cook one. Uh, so I just stick with just one, and I feel like I can baby it better and just keep a close eye on it and pull it off right instead of trying to finagle with two and pulling one off a half hour before the other one, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and just creating more inefficiency in my, in my cook. Jim, are you going to buck trend here and say you're cooking like $1,000 worth of briskets uh, during a competition, or are you uh, a single guy as well? I'm going to agree with uh, Donnie and Jason. Uh, normally, I cook one, but um, just because you, you can watch it and baby it. Um, there, there, there's times that, you know, a big contest, I, I just get not scared but afraid that if I mess one up, I, I will cook two. You know, I've been – you know, known known to go into a big contest and cooking two two wagyus, and about probably a year year and a half ago, I was cooking a, a cab and a wagyu. But nowadays, I'm just cooking one. I think I can you know pay pay a lot more attention because you know you, you get two of them in there, and it takes double double attention to it. And you know, the, if you just cook one, it's you know I, I think it's a little easier. So I, I'm nowadays I'm just usually cooking one 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 wagyu. Uh, Jason, uh, let me ask you this question. And this is something else that's, I guess, changed over the, the genesis of the round table because it was a lot more pertinent maybe three or four years ago. But I don't imagine you're you know, flying private jet out to Snake River Farms and like hand-selecting your briskets. It's probably mailed. So um, like, ideally, like, what are you looking for in a, in a brisket you know, that, that really makes it stand out to you as being a, a good a good cut or this is going to be a good brisket for versus not so good yeah that, that's the hardest thing about ordering from snake rivers is, is you don't really know what you're going to get right it's kind of like the old forest gump life's like a box of chocolates well snake river farms briskets are like a box of chocolates you never really know what you're going to get right so i'll order i ordered i think like eight or nine of them uh at the beginning of the year and i order the 14 to uh 17 pounders they just work better for me and from a timing perspective and when i wanted to come off and and I know the 17 through 20 is going to give me a better yield and more meat to kind of choose from and stuff. But I found a sweet spot with the 14s through 16s. But I've also found that I, I like the 15 and 16s. So I just keep the 14 through 15s and cook them here at the house. And I use the 15 through 16s uh, at, at competition. Uh, Jim, what are you, you know, hoping to, to get in a box? And, and I guess you know, maybe this is a better question. When you're ordering, because all you guys are using the, the Snake River Farms, um, how many are you ordering? Do you do all your stuff uh, well in advance? Is it like week by week? And, and what are you hoping to see uh, size-wise and, and feel-wise in those briskets? Yeah, no, normally I order, you know, four to six briskets at a time, you know, right from Snake Rivers. You know, like, like Jason was saying, we don't, we don't know what we're going to expect. But I, I like the, uh, you know, the 14 to 17-pound brisket range. Uh, I've cooked the, uh, you know, the 20 pounds. It just doesn't work for my, my program. And and actually, I have one with um, I, one time I got a um, like a eight and a half untrimmed. Uh, I, I believe it was Snake River's uh, brisket, and I won with it. And it just this, you know, that, that that size works for my, you know, my pro, you know, my program. Um, so, you know, and, and there's there's times where I'll get you know one that I'm not happy with, and, and I'll cook it at home or do a practice cook with it. So. It, but nine times out of ten, if not more, that I'm I'm pretty much happy with what they send me. 
Uh, Donnie, uh, what's your what's your order process like? I guess from from Snake River Farms, will you order a season's worth, or do you just kind of order a, a handful at a time? And, and what are you hoping to to see in the box? Well, I, I order when they have. I uh, unlike the other gentlemen, I cook the large ones. Uh, usually, I don't see more of a of a flat. Uh, in some cases, maybe I'm just getting more more fat. You know, sort of like that. Uh, more power, you know, bigger's better, all of those things. But uh, I order when they have those in stock. I order, you know, anywhere from six to nine of them. Um, I use those because of, uh, you know, more area of burn ins, um, just a little bit more as far as uh, to choose from, I guess. I don't normally see a lot of difference in the flat, but what I'm looking for when I get those out. Is one side of the flat going to show the thickness, and the other side is going to usually go to nothing. But I'll pick them out just by that one spot on the flat and sort of category it to the level of of uh, the contest that I'm going to. And what well, it doesn't matter. You need to do the best you can do at every one of them. But you know, if it's a large contest and a lot at stake, you know, I'll try to save some really nice ones up. Uh, Jason, let me uh, head back to you for this question, and then we'll uh, go around the panel. Trimming process, once you get it out of the cryovac and you know, you're know you getting ready to, to do whatever knife work you're about to do, um, is there a lot of stuff you get really intricate with it, or um, you know because of the grade, uh, do you not have to do a lot of knife work? Well, if, if I ordered the, the bigger briskets, it would make the trimming process a lot easier. What I, what I like to do is I just like to trim all the fat off the top. And if I had a bigger brisket where I could take, say, a quarter inch just right off the top across the board, it would make the trimming process super easy. Uh, but getting the smaller ones, I, I've got to be a little more uh, skilled with the knife work and not take out a lot of meat. But I, I do like to take off a lot of that stuff on the top because I, I don't want my rub to fall off dur- during the cook. Uh, Donnie, uh, back to you. What's your trimming process like, if any, on the brisket? Um, I'm pretty pretty aggressive with the trimming. I I separate. I go ahead and trim most everything out that uh, that I don't want. Uh, Jim, trimming for you? Uh, I do, I do not separate. Uh, I've I've tried to separate before. It just doesn't work with my program. Um, actually, brisket is. The first thing I trim it, you know, when I get to a comp- competition, because it's it's the easiest. It's it's I don't trim a lot. Um, basically, I just kind of expose the uh, the point for you know to get some bark and rub and you know on on the uh, on the point for the burn ends. But it's pretty much basic. Uh, let me go back to Donnie here just for a second. For the folks that don't know, maybe uh, my uh, in studio guest Desmond doesn't know what we're talking about here. But when you say you separate, because uh, this was the next question. Uh, and the thing was, uh, is anyone separating point and flat prior to, to any cooking going on? And I assume that's what you're talking about, right, Donnie? Uh, yeah, basically, just getting rid of all the fat so I know what I got, so I can uh, pick my areas of turn in and, and got a more of a plan of attack, you know, before I actually even light my fire. Uh, Jason, will you uh, separate it all, or you leave it whole all the way? I separate it uh, about... 80, 85% of it. And then when it's finally cooked, I just like to be able to take one finger and just slice it and finish it. Uh, so I separate most of it, but I, I, it works for me just to kind of keep it all intact. Jim, just to go back to you real quick, you are not separate. No, I'm not. Have you messed around with that before and yeah. just found it's not yeah. uh, right for you? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, you know, I did research and, you know, talking, you know, actually, you know, the brisket, you know, the point and the flat are basically two, two different types of, you know, meat. So, and, and, you know, you know, the research I did a couple, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, three years ago is, you know, try to, you know, treat them as two different types of meat. And it just, it did just did not work for me. So I, I was, you know, not separating and, uh, you know, my program is I separate it once the, uh, the flat is done. That's when I separate it and then, you know, cut my, you know, chunk my burn ends and then uh, put them back on the, uh, the smoker for a little bit. Uh, Donnie, let me come back to you for this question. Uh, this is going to be a question about injecting. You know, uh, believe it or not, five, six years ago when I started doing the show, there were still some people that weren't uh, injecting, uh, whether it be pork butts or briskets, and uh, that's probably uh, fallen off quite a bit. Everybody's probably injecting at this point. Uh, so I guess, A, the question is, uh, are you injecting? And if you do, uh, what are you using? And I guess uh, more specifically, do you use something commercially made or uh, are you uh, somebody that likes to make their own beef injection? Um, I've always injected and, uh, gosh, I, I guess I give a plug for David. I, I have never, ever injected with anything but butchers. And, um, that, that's, uh, I, I don't know. I'm just a creature of habit. I was introduced to that uh, when I started cooking KCBS, uh, and just, just kept working with that to get it to where I wanted it. So, uh, I've never injected anything but. Do you use the the premium or you just use the regular uh, the brisket injection? Uh, I just use the regular. I had tried the premium, but I didn't put enough effort into it to really research it out. I just sort of, man, I just stick with what works, and it's. Uh, I just, uh, if anything, I just keep getting uh, less is more. I, you know, I work from the backside of that. Um, as far as what the instructions say do, but uh, I didn't I didn't put enough effort to give a a good quality uh, answer on the premium. Uh, Jim Elser, uh, do you inject? If so, <laughs> uh, what are you using? Well, Greg, um, of course I use the uh, Sweet Smoke Q juice, right? Or the beef juice here. <laughs> Newly released as of last week, right? Yes. Look uh, at you, son of a bitch. <laughs> I've been, I've been, uh, I've been ticking around with this for a couple of years. Um, you know, I've been, I was using, you know, I'm not going to mention any names. You know, nothing, you know, bad about it. But it just wasn't working for me. What you know, what what there was commercially available. So, you know, once I started, you know, tinkering with what I had, you know, based on my pork uh, pork injection, went to the beef, and um, it, it just just helped me with my scores tremendously uh, with, with, with using, you know, the product that I developed. So obviously, you know, I, I'm real happy with it. Are you seeing a, a benefit of moisture retention, of flavor of both? Like what, what are you seeing the best? Um, you know, I, you know, moisture retention, you know, all the, the commercial ones are available that I've used, you know, there's two, two, uh, two, you know, Butchers and uh, Cosmos, I've used them both. Uh, moisture retention, I didn't have a problem with either one. Uh, it was the flavor for me. Um, you know, I, I, I really worked on the flavor part, you know, second to the uh, the moisture part. I wanted to be, you know, with, with my product, I wanted to have the same moisture, you know, retention as the, you know, you know, I call them, you know, the big two out there. So 
I really worked on the flavor part portion of it, and uh, you know it's been working very well down here. Um, I'd like you know it's it just newly released of last week, and uh, it's it's I've been up you know it's been out there testing you know you know some several teams have been using it and uh, been having very good results with it. So I'm, I can't wait to you know now it's released to see how it's going to do you know throughout the country. Uh, Jason Goodall from GQ Barbecue will uh, finish this round of questioning. Uh, Jason, you injecting? And if so, uh, something you're making yourself? You buy commercially? What do you think? Uh, I pretty much echo what, what Donnie said. I, I trusted my butcher ever since I got started, and, and he hasn't betrayed me at all. I mean, I've been very happy with the results, <laughs> although uh, I just ordered <laughs> the Prime. I've been disappointed with the last two weeks. Um, brisket. I mean, just for whatever reason, it just it's tasted flat to me. So I ordered his prime and I look forward to getting that. It's supposed to be coming in the mail the next day or two and just kind of messing around with that and maybe uh, maybe trying it with. Maybe Jim will send me a bottle of his new brisket sauce and I could try that as well too. Wow, look at that. We're, we're directly <laughs> soliciting on the barbecue round table. I've never heard of that before. Um, uh, Jason, let me stick with you here uh, real quick and then we'll go uh, run back up through. Uh, do you set your brisket out to do any type of coming up to temperature type of stuff or is it like uh injected put it down in ice and then right back on the cooker cold uh, perhaps for a uh nice uh, appearance of smoke rate yeah that, that's the problem with the fe's i mean i'm a one-man team for the most part and, and the fe's are kind of a dying breed everywhere now but when i got into comp barbecue three four years ago they were all the rage at least out here in rocky mountain area and uh, uh, I, I keep it as cold as I possibly can because I, I want to try to get as much smoke as I possibly can in, in, into the piece of meat. So, uh, I mean, it literally comes right from the ice chest um, to my countertop for injection, back into the ice chest, and straight from the ice chest to the smoker uh, to be cooked. I, I don't let it sit out at all. Uh, Donnie Bray, uh, do you go through any type or, or, or an allowance of time for the brisket to, to come up to room temperature, as it were? No, I, I start uh, start my cooking process at 3 a.m. It comes straight out of the Cambro on ice, goes in the smoker, and I go back to bed. So I don't have time to baby it. I'll just <laughs> let the, the smoker do its thing. Do you uh, have any uh, – Jason mentioned that uh, perhaps there is a – uh, a bit of a hurdle for the FEs to, to put on a smoke ring. Do you have any problem with the backwoods making a smoke ring? No, actually, actually I don't, but um, I, I do use the Royal Oaks uh, Ultra 100 that I hear is going to be harder for us to get. Um, but I, I really don't even use wood uh, with that charcoal the way that it is. Um, me adding wood is like uh, cutting a baseball up into about – four pieces and you know i throw a couple of those in at a time but never uh when the meat's cold i don't feel like i have to with that uh, percentage of wood that's in that charcoal uh, i'll add a little bit for color uh, a little later in the cook but uh, basically my cooker's up and going uh and up to temperature when i get up at three i just throw them in there and go back to bed and get back up at six uh jim elser yeah, I'm 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 the opposite of those guys. Uh, I, my, my mine sits out for at least three hours to get to room temperature, because I I feel like you know it you know at a room temperature a piece of meat will do, will absorb more smoke. 
Uh, okay, well, let me uh, let me combat you on that just for one second. There's a prevailing mindset over the uh, many years that uh, barbecue knowledge has been able to be disseminated, mostly the internet, that a, a colder piece of meat will put on a much more dramatic smoke ring than a warmer piece of meat, uh, mostly to do with that. I guess there's a specific temperature range that smoke ring happens from this temperature up until this, and then it won't happen after the fact. Um, you, you don't subscribe to that? Um, you know, I get I get that a lot. You know, people ask me, like, you know, it's smoke ring. And, you know, I, I don't really concentrate on, 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 you know, yes, I'd like to have a nice, nice smoke ring, but that's not my main concern. Um, with my drum smokers, I get, you know, plenty of smoke ring. Um, I, I just, I just think that, uh, you know, if I'm putting a cold piece of meat on this, the smoker, it's just going to get kind of like in shock. So I want to, I want to put it to room temperature to absorb, you know, the smoke and I don't have a problem with the smoke ring. Jim, how far in advance are you rubbing uh, the brisket before you put it on the cooker? Uh, about four hours. I, I'll rub it. Um, you know, one, once I take it out of the, uh, the cooler or, or the fridge, I'll, I'll rub it, and, and it's usually three to four hours before it goes on the smoker. Uh, Donnie, how far in advance are you rubbing the brisket before you put it on? Twelve hours. Twelve hours. Mm. That's long. Uh, Jason, how far in advance are you uh, rubbing your brisket before you put it on the cooker? Three different answers. I have wow. Fifteen, mi- 15 minutes. Before Fifteen it goes minutes. Wow. <laughs> and... Uh, I don't even know where to go from here because everybody's had, uh, you know, a large amount of success. So, I mean, everybody's going to be uh, sticking with the program. So, uh, once again, for everybody that's just tuning in, uh, Jason Ganahl, 15 minutes before going in to the uh, cooker. Uh, uh, Jim Elster was four hours, and uh, Donnie Bray was 12 hours. Um, Donnie, is that like how you were you first started doing it, or has that uh, rub application model changed, uh, you know, from beginning to where you are at this point? You know, it hadn't changed a lot. That's uh, that's based on ease for me. Um, I get to the competitions late because I try to uh, I try to work uh, a little bit on Fridays, and usually three o'clock in the afternoon is when I do injecting, and that that's when I get my time to see and hang out with the people that I like to be with. Uh, go out for our fish tacos on Friday night, so I get it over <laughs> with at three. It goes back in the ice chest and. Uh, or Cambro, and goes on straight out of that into the smoker at 3 a.m. in the morning. Uh, Jim, let me go back to you for this. In regards to rub, um, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not asking the obvious question from the banner behind you, but uh, I, I assume that perhaps you might be using your own rub, and uh, perhaps a better question in addition is going to be, uh, is this something that, you know, the rub you're using on brisket, uh, different than anything else you would be using it on uh, in regards to the other meat categories. Yeah, it's, it's totally different. It's a, it's a unique rub. So it's, it's the rub I use doesn't touch any, you know, I don't put any, any on any other category. Uh, Donnie, uh, rub wise, uh, is it separate or, or different from everything else that you're using? And, uh, do you use a, a brisket rub that you might manufacture at home or is there, something out on the market that you uh, find more appealing? Uh, you know, I use several, but the main flavor profile is OBQ, um, brisket rub. Um, uh, there's probably, out of most of everything I do, just got one rub on it or two. Um, I do 
quite a bit of things with the brisket as far as that, but that'd be the main flavor profile. Uh, Jason, in regards to rub, uh, commercially bought stuff, you make it at home, and uh, is it different than what you would put on the other stuff? It is different, and it is commercial. And uh, the, the, the main one, I use one about 80%. I use one about 20%. And the 80% rub I use is a head country rub. I like it. It's extremely salty rub. Wow. I just think it complements the, uh, the beef, the natural beef flavor of the brisket. All right. Um, we'll stick with you here, Jason. Is there anything else that you're doing to the brisket prior to, to putting it on the cooker? I smack it like four times and call it my bitch. But other than that, I just <laughs> throw it in the smoker. <laughs> uh, Jim, anything that you're doing to the brisket uh, before you put it on the cooker other than what we've already discussed? Uh, I, I tell people that, you know, you got to inject it and, and massage it. Rub it like, you know, you're giving it a massage for about five, ten minutes. Just massage that injection in there. You know, work it out. Uh, Donnie, anything else that you do the briskets that we haven't covered in the pre-cook events? No, not not really. Like uh, basically, that first four hours that uh, that my brisket's in there, I'm I'm sleeping, so I really don't do anything anything else to it. Um, not to disagree with those gentlemen about what they do, it just it probably out of my answers what you're seeing. I just try to get it easy and simple, and uh, just get it to work and and try to get some sleep and you know make somewhat of a weekend out of it and, and still you know I'm, I'm not saying that i that i slack on anything it's i'm all in when it comes to competition but uh most everything i do I just try to perfect things that uh makes it easier on me and my team you, you don't smack the shit out of your brisket for a little bit before you put it on little pit frustration maybe you never know all right uh that's the pre-cook stuff um guys uh, relax we'll be back with you for the cook stuff uh and i will talk to you quickly about my good friend steven defranco over at steven defranco jewelers i was just in to talk with steve two days ago we have some uh maintenance issues on some of the uh, the rings and the, the earrings that my wife has we're getting one reset my my watch needed a new battery Here's the thing. I talk to you each and every week. Uh, Desmond, you hear me talk about uh, Stephen DeFranco all the time, right? Every once in a while when I'm paying attention to you. Yeah. Well, okay, so that's a never. <laughs> um, they were changing the battery of my watch, and they stripped out the back of the watch. Happens with the manufacturer from time to time. I get a quick email from Steve saying, hey, we screwed the back of the watch up. We already have a new one on order. You'll have it back in a couple, two, three days. Uh, so even when things are going bad, customer service levels are at its highest. So here's what you need to do. Visit Steven's website, stephendefranco.com. Uh, look at everything that he's got. I suggest, you know, if you're a man uh, looking for your wife or, you know, if you're a wife looking for something for your man, you know, check out a watch. You know, I think watches are kind of underrated. Uh, There's something that helps pull an outfit together. Yes, I did say the word outfit. Um, but, you know, as, especially, you know, men. You don't want a lot of jewelry and all this other stuff, but a nice watch really uh, adds something. Uh, Desmond, are you a watch guy? I have. When I was in college, I think I had about 12. 12 watches? Yeah. All right. Well, you need to go up to Stephen DeFranco's immediately. <laughs> tell him that you're a uh, barbecue brother, ladies. Tell him you're a barbecue sister, and uh, he will make sure that he gives you the real discounted price of the watch. You can also call him, 440 943 2700. That's 440 943 
800-242-2700. Again, peruse on the website, stephendefranco.com. Call him. Ask for Steve. Tell him you're the barbecue brother or sister. He will hook you up from there. You will not be disappointed. And uh, we are back with the cooking of the briskets. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host that willing to like share his honest opinion on all things important Very in the cool world of barbecue. Back. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Twelve hours. Twelve hours. Desmond still can't believe you're uh, pre pre rubbing the briskets for twelve hours. All right, uh, we are back with the brisket roundtable. Jason Ganahl, GQ Barbecue. Jim Elser, Sweet Smoke Q. Donnie Bray, Warren County Pork Choppers, making up the all-star panel tonight. Uh, we just told you what to do for the uh, pre-cooked stuff. Now we're going to tell you how to cook the son of a bitch. Uh, Donnie, we'll start with you. Um, you've, uh, I believe, touched on at least uh, once or twice, but uh, just for effort of uh, compiling all the correct information. Uh, how or, or what time are you putting uh, the briskets on for competition? 3 a.m. All right. Uh, Jason of GQ Barbecue, how uh, soon or, or what time during a competition are you putting on the brisket? 9 p.m.? Wow. Wow. All right. Don't answer any other questions just yet. 9 p.m. All right. Uh, Jim Elser, when or what time are you putting your brisket on at competitions? Wow. 9 p.m. All right. Uh, Jim, we'll stick with you since we got you right up here. Uh, cooking time-wise, how long do you allot for the uh, brisket to cook? Obviously, I know different thing every time, blah, 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 but there's obviously a game plan that you have strategy-wise. Uh, how long are you uh, allotting for the brisket cook? Uh, weather, temperature. Um, I, I like my brisket come off at about 11 o'clock uh, Saturday morning, and I'm cooking about 2.35-ish. Uh, Donnie, cooking time for a brisket. What do you have uh, planned out in the in the game? About six hours. Six hours. Right. And uh, Jason, cook time. Uh, it comes off between 10 and 11 the next day. Uh, Jason, we'll stick with you here. Um I'm just doing some simple math here. See, you're the, you were one of the nine nine o'clock at nighters, right? Indeed. And it comes off at between ten or eleven the next day. Yes. All right. Good enough. Um, what kind of wood smoke do you use for flavor? Uh, I used a barbecue's delight uh, cherry pellets. So it, it, even though it says cherry, it's only probably I think I, I don't know the exact amount, but I think it's about twenty five percent cherry, and it's about seventy five percent oak. Uh, Jim, wood smoke wise, uh, what do you like to use for a brisket? I like uh, I like apple, cherry, and uh, some pecan. Oh, some, uh, fruit woods there and a nut. Uh, Donnie, you said that you get a lot of uh, smoke from uh, the, the charcoal that you're using, but when you you know bust up some wood to put it on, what do you go for for uh, smoke flavor? I use hickory just because it's been easy for me to get to get uh, you know live in the country there. They're everywhere, easy to get, and I've been cooking with that for over 30 years. I know there's probably more flavor profiles to put it in, but when I smell smoke, it's just what my senses always goes back to hickory. Uh, Donnie, let me stay with you for uh, the next question here. 
in regards to uh, pit temperature, uh, you're starting at 3 o'clock in the morning. What do you typically try to run the pit at to get your cook done on time? I'm 290. Wow, so you're, uh, you, you kind of classify as almost a, a power cooker to a certain degree. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't. Uh, that number just comes from uh, my old homemade stick cooker that uh, my cousin Steve built me. It, that's what that pit would run at if the I, I run it probably 20 years before Guru was ever thought about. And then when I did come around to, uh, to using a Guru, it's where that uh, as big as a firebox is. Uh, of course, I burnt probably a half a rick of wood a night, but uh, <laughs> that's where that smoker would cook at. It's 290, and I just make anything else I cook at. I just I want to always keep the same temperature so that I'm on top of the timing that I need to be at. Uh, Jason, temperature of the pit? Uh, 240 for a majority of the cook. Uh, I start out at one. I actually cook it in three different stages, believe it or not. So I, I go... 180 for the first three hours, and then I go 240, and then once I wrap it, I crank it up to, depending on the size of the meat, it determines the temperature, but it's generally somewhere between the 280 and 290 range. Uh, Jim Elser, Sweet Smoke Q, uh, pit temperature while you're cooking the brisket. I, I, I start out, out at uh, 235 until I wrap, and then I usually crank it up to about you know, 250 to uh, 260. To, to finish it. All right, uh, Jim, let me stay with you for the next question here. During this process, and, and you mentioned wrapping, we'll get to that question here in a second, but uh, prior to any of that, are you doing any uh, basting or mopping or spraying during that? No. One, once I put my uh, brisket on at 9, I, I, don't, I do not touch it until 5.30, <clears> and then once, once it's wrapped, and then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll baste it when, when I'm wrapping in the, the wrapping process, and then <laughs> That's about it. When I wrap it, until it's done. Donnie, uh, prior to, to doing anything else, which we'll get to here in a second, uh, do you do any uh, uh, pre uh, like basting, mopping, or spraying during that uh, portion of the cook? Uh, we use a mop when we wrap. All right, and uh, Jason, doing any uh, mopping, basting, or, or spraying? No, the FE is a pretty moist environment, so I, I leave it alone while it cooks. All right, uh, Jason, let me stay with you here for the next question. Uh, everybody has, has mentioned foiling, uh, which we'll get to here, so uh, I don't have to ask if everyone foils uh, because everyone foils. Um, when you look to foil, is it because the pit has, or the, the brisket has been on the pit for X amount of time? Is it achieving a color? Is it achieving an internal temperature? Uh, what are the things that uh, drive you into motion to start wrapping the brisket? Yeah, assuming somebody doesn't come over and pull the plug out of the uh, electricity in the middle of the night, which has happened before, uh, I usually look for a time just because I like to sleep. I like to my my one of the things I love about barbecue contests is just to socialize. And so, I, like Donnie, I show up to comps. I used to show up relatively late. Uh, now I try to get there a little bit earlier, which is still now late compared to when a lot of people get there. And so, I like to get all my work done, and I like to socialize from nine p.m until midnight. So I go to bed around midnight and I like to wake up about 6 a.m. I got to get some other stuff done and I'm usually always wrapping no matter what between 6.30 and 7 a.m. And it's just a matter of when I get my other stuff done and how hungover I am that next morning. Yeah, right. Um, are you, when you're wrapping, are you putting uh, any 
uh, liquid or uh, you know magic stuff inside of that uh, foil to help it along? Yeah, I change my I change that a lot. Um, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I, I think I'm I think I'm probably a little unique in how often I change my processes and stuff. Uh, currently, right now, I am not, but that will possibly change for my next contest. Right now, I'm I'm not putting anything in my my wrap, but it, but it, it's it's literally fifty to fifty. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. It just depends on on, on what I think. Uh, Jim from Sweet Smoke Q, uh, what are your uh, visual triggers or uh, internal temperature triggers, or, or why do you foil uh, when you foil? It's pretty much 99% of the time, time-wise. I, uh, you know, it goes on at 9, and I don't touch it until 5.30. And it's usually around, you know, internal temperature. It's usually around 160, 165. Um, but, you know, nothing. it's basically strictly time. Uh, when you do foil, um, what are you uh, cramming in there, if anything? I don't put anything. I just basically uh, I cook in a in a pan. Um, you know, I, I, I just take those uh, drippings and you know kind of mop the uh, the brisket at the time of a uh, wrap. So nothing no, nothing goes in the other than what's in the pan from the brisket. All right, uh, Donnie Bray, Warren County Pork Chappers. Um, how do you decide to foil? Is it a time? Is it color? Is it temperature? Uh, how are you working it? Always time. Always time. All right, and uh, you said you were putting a, like uh, some type of a mop in the in the foil when you were doing that. Yeah, we um, we got a, a mop that um, I guess probably several years ago we found online, and um, my wife uh, Tracy she makes that up, and and basically to uh, the flavor profile of that's going to be a beef and uh, celery seed type. Uh, would be the the boldness of it i guess but uh it's a homemade mop and uh make it the same way every time i'm definitely not not big on changes so uh, i keep it the same every time is that something that uh you might be looking to, to get to market at some point i mean everybody's making you know a uh, rubber or sauce or something like that do you want to have the warren county pork choppers brisket uh, uh mop thing or what well, right now, I guess I, um, you know, with the with the great sponsor that I have, the barbecuesuperstores.com. So uh, I don't make anything. Everything that I get, or you know, it, as far as rubs or sauces, I don't have any kind of a, a thought of going commercial as far as making anything to sell. Uh, and I don't know if the with all the things that's in that mop, if it would hold up very well to be bottled. <laughs> Uh, Jason Ganahl, GQ Barbecue. Um, are you? Do you? Hmm, well, prior to, to taking it off, I guess, um, or, or as I, as it's coming to finish, will you separate the the point and the flat altogether, or is that uh, something that's done after the fact? Uh, I separate it after it's cooked. So I pre-separate it about eighty to ninety yeah. percent. And then I separated the final ten percent once it's finally cooked. Uh, Jim, will you uh, will you do any separation uh, at, at this point of the of the game, or does it wait until after it comes off the cooker for any of that? It's basically uh, it's it's done, you know once the flat is to the the temp and the tenderness that I want, um, that that's when I well I will I will not separate it if if it's 
earlier than um, I normally separated after a rib turn in, which in the FBA is uh, what noon. Uh, and if it's done earlier, I'll, I'll put it in the Cambro unseparated. So I'll separate it after rib turn in to do my burn ends. Donnie, will you uh, do any separating at this point, like uh, completely? Uh, yes, mine, I, I do separate. Uh, internal temperature-wise, uh, shooting for the finish, uh, do you have a, you know, brisket's a little different. I know a lot of other, uh, you know, the, the chicken and, well, I don't know how many people actually take temperature ribs, but uh, chicken and pork, uh, I know there's uh, some shooting for internal temperatures, but I've heard from a number of pit masters that, well, you know, uh, temperature is kind of a gauge. It's more of a, of a feel for when I want to be done with it. Uh, are you a, a temperature guy, Donnie? Are you a feel guy or is it both? You know, it, it's definitely feel. Um, the way, uh, you know, uh, the way the brisket's breaking down, you know, you're going to get, depending on the temperature that your pit is, you're going to come, everybody's going to come out with a, in totally different number as far as that. But, you know, the number of the, um, I think with my thermal pen just getting, getting me started to know where, um, you know, I'm, I'm, what stage of the stall that I'm coming out of after I get, past that point i could put tape over the numbers i think you can go back to the granny thing using a toothpick after that uh jim elser are you shooting for a particular internal temperature to finish or is it a, a feel thing i have the the world's most expensive uh toothpick my thermal pen i <laughs> <laughs> you know the, the, the thermal uh, temperature is just a gauge of where i'm at in the cook um but it's it's all feel Jason, you a feeler like the rest of these guys, or do you like uh, more solid uh, information from a thermometer? Greg, I like to feel just like what both those guys said. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, obviously, you guys are um, trying to uh, keep the brisket um, as uh, nice as possible to yield burnt ends to uh, turn in. As far as burnt ends are concerned, do you have any uh, special process, Jason, that you use to, to make them or anything special you'd like to do with them? Nothing special. Uh, I spent a lot of time really trying to like perfect my burnt ends. Your burnt ends out of all the four categories in a KCBS contest, personally speaking, it's my favorite piece of barbecue. And so I spent a lot of time really trying to perfect it. <clears throat> and there's really no it's more art than science. There's no like one particular way I do it because every brisket's different. Every brisket's marble different. Some take longer, some take less. It's really, it's more of a craft than it is a science, if that makes sense. I don't know if it does. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Jim, uh, burnt ends, uh, is there a special way or, or process that you make them? Uh, down here in the southeast, we make them as sweet as we can. Um, yeah, like like Jason said, there's you know it, it's you know I might switch up from you know contest to contest trying to you know try different things. It depends on you know the uh, you know the fin the finished uh, you know the point there. What you, what you do with it? Well, hold on a sec. Lost track of my music there. Sorry about that. Uh, Donnie Bray, in regards to uh, burn ends, is there a particular process or uh, like recipe that you like to use when you do them? Uh, no, they're done. I just put the same thing on them. I do the brisket and just cook the living crap out of them. Like texture-wise, what, what are you looking for? Do you, do you like a little crispiness on the outside? Do you like them uh, chewy? Like, what, what, are you, what are you hoping for? 
No, I'm, I'm trying to render the fat out to where it's going to be a real pleasant uh, uh, feel in your mouth as far as uh, something that wouldn't be harsh in any way. All right. Uh, in regards to uh, the cooking process, uh, Donnie, is there anything that we haven't covered that you, uh, you do during this portion of your uh, cooking? No, not, not really. I guess, uh, you know, you could you could break things down a lot more that uh, we probably don't have enough time on the show for, but uh, I think we hit the high spot. Uh, Jason, anything else during the cooking process that you do uh, that we haven't covered? Um, no, I mean, not not really. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a labor of love, brisket is, and just, I mean, it's not one of the, I mean, we could sit up here for two hours and tell you what we do and all that kind of stuff, but... I really truly think that I didn't become a good brisket cook until I cooked 300 briskets and it's just practice and it's the it's the mentality of hey I just didn't cook a brisket but it's like this is what I was trying to achieve did I or did I not achieve it and why did I or did I not achieve it and really trying to analyze that and break that down and really try to figure out what parts either help like, help you accomplish your outcome or what parts didn't help you accomplish your outcome and it just you just have to do it and do it a lot of times, and eventually you'll you'll, you'll get it and you'll figure it out. And I, I really truly think like everybody everybody's capable of cooking a good brisket. They just have to go out and do it a lot of times, and they'll be able to get it. Uh, Jim Elser, you can uh, close the cooking section of this. Uh, anything else during the cooking process that you're doing that we haven't talked about? No, I, I totally agree with Jason. You know, it, it's you know, it's the more briskets you cook, the you know, you have to you learn you know what what you're doing and. Um, you know, the more briskets you cook, you know, every piece of meat is, is is different. So, you know, you take notes and figure out what's happening, why this is happening. And, uh, you know, I think the more you cook, the, the better, the better brisket cook you can be. Uh, Jim, in regards to, you know, after the cook has taken place um, and the brisket has reached target temperature, do you, do you look to, to get a certain amount of hold time uh, before you start uh, getting it sliced up and so forth? Yeah, I mean, I, I like to have, you know, it off at 11 o'clock and then the FBA, we, we turn in at 2 o'clock. So, you know, those, those two, three hours are, I, I think, it is crucial the whole time. And I, I've known, you know, people doing very well with brisket, pulling them off at 6 o'clock in the morning, and, you know, the whole time. But me personally, I, I like that two to three hours. And if it's coming off earlier than that, I just don't feel like, I think it's I think it's sitting too long, uh, and then if it's, if you're pulling it off after you know one o'clock, you just don't have enough uh, hold, you know rest time. Uh, Donnie, do you look to hold for a certain amount of time? You, you know, I think that um, I, I, my brisket is usually off at about a quarter to nine. Um, basically, that's. Uh, I don't feel that it's hurting anything as long as I burp the cambro so I don't continue to cook. But uh, what I'm trying to do is get my big meats out because my chicken goes in, my competitor. Uh, I use the party just for ribs, so I'm trying to get the big meats off before chicken goes in. The chicken is such a delicate cook. Uh, I don't want to be opening the doors or to have those categories run over top of one another. Uh, Jason, you're the last one for this question. Uh, do you look to hold that brisket after you take it off for a certain amount of time? Uh, ditto what Donnie says. My goal is to get brisket done before chicken goes in. I want to not have to worry about brisket, 
and focus solely on chicken and ribs. Uh, Jason, let me stick with you for uh, this one. As far as you know, picking what brisket makes it into the box to be judged, uh, is it uh, always slices and burn ends? Uh, obviously, if the burn ends don't avail themselves, you're not going to put them in. Um, have you ever you know, ventured into doing anything like chopped or, or pulled or anything like that, or would that really uh, kick your ass in the, in the standings? No, I have not. I, I've, I've had decent success with just with what I'm doing, so I, I've not felt like I've had to reach for anything else. So I'm very happy with just slices and burn ends at this point. Jim, what are you turning in? Well, in, in the FBA, we, we, we don't, we're not allowed garnish. So what we're trying to do is make uh, the, uh, the box look uh, presentable and, you know, for presentation. So what I've been doing lately, probably the last, uh, probably almost a year, putting chop and I'll throw some slices in there. And then my actual, I'll, I'll kind of cover up the chop. Not, not kind of hiding it because I won't put chopped in there if it's not, you know, it's, if it's going to take my score down. But I'll put some slices underneath the chop and then put my, my uh, slices that I want the judges to take. So we're, we're building that box up because we, we, don't, we don't use, uh, you know, garnish in the, uh, the FBA box. So I, I put chopped in there. Uh, Donnie, what, uh, what's making it in the box for you? Hey. And slices and burn ends. I have uh, I have seen once with myself. I uh, had to turn in and chopped. Um, had too loose of a wrap one time and got uh, almost like a rubber band uh, feeling out of a brisket. Uh, you know, it felt good to the probe, but was still had way too much uh, snap to it. And I chopped it and done well. I I don't remember if I won brisket, but I, I finished really well. Remember uh, Durag Q, I seen him, he had actually cut his with the grain by mistake, went ahead and chopped it. I seen him win with chopped brisket, but I always do slices and uh, and cube burn ends, but, uh, you know, I think that judges are a little open-minded. If you got a good product and you do chop it and it's got a good flavor, you know, they're supposed to judge what's in the box, so seen it go different twice and, and work both times. Uh, Jason, let me uh, come to you for the uh, last portion of the evening, and I appreciate uh, all the time uh, each of you gentlemen have taken tonight here uh, for the uh, competition brisket roundtable. Uh, parting shots. So floor is open to you, Jason. Anything you want to promote? Uh, anything you want to uh, say we're going to be at next? Whatever. It's uh, completely open to you, and have at it. Well, thanks, Greg. I, I just first want to thank you. Um, I remember when I first started out uh, in Comp Barbecue like four years ago, I remember listening to these shows the roundtable discussions and listen to particular people. I can actually remember who they were and what they were talking about. And it was somewhat influential in what I was doing at that time. So I just hope for the centralites that are out there listening right now that there might have been something I said that can be somewhat as equally as influential as to what I was doing in the beginning as well too. And and the only thing I have to really promote is I'm just, like I mentioned last week on your show, is I'm trying to actually figure out a way to monetize this it's kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm just trying to do like as many things as I can, right? And hopefully something will stick like the spaghetti against the wall and, and will allow me to be able to do what I love and, and, and continue to do that and earn somewhat of an income. So I have a YouTube channel. I just started making these silly videos that hopefully are easy ways to continue to learn how to improve your skills on a barbecue or in a grill that you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's GQBBQ.com. 
and uh, or subscribe to my uh, well, it's not subscribing; it's just liking my Facebook. Or I just started up Twitter like two months ago in an attempt to, to do this and build an audience. Uh, my Twitter account is at gqbbq.com, and that that's pretty much it. But I thank you, Greg, for having me on, and I thank you for what you do for barbecue. I think you do a great job for promoting it for all the people that are out there, and I absolutely love listening to your show every Tuesday night. When I trim my chicken, it's my thing to do, and I absolutely love it. I have to tell my wife to turn on the TV so I can hear you through my computer, and I appreciate that. That's the way to do it. Thank you, Jason. Uh, Jim Elser, uh, floor is yours. Promotion, where you're going to be. Obviously, uh, you're currently sitting atop uh, Florida Barbecue Association Team of the Year. Uh, so the floor is yours, sir. Yeah, Greg, thank you for, for having me on tonight You know, with these uh, two other great uh, brisket cooks. Uh, yeah, I got two more contests for this uh, FBA uh, team of the year, so I got a you know a, a decent lead, and hopefully I don't uh, blow it like I did last year. So, um. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, uh, SweetSmokeQ.com, the website for your products, right? Yeah, SweetSmokeQ, the, the SweetSmokeQ, the, or the letter Q.com. Um, you know, you can go in there. My, like I said, my brisket. Uh, a juice uh, injection just hit the market uh, last week, and it's it's a phenomenal product. Uh, my my pork juice uh, has been in there, uh, you know, out in the market for uh, probably about a uh, year and a half, two years, and it's just been, you know, flying off the shelves. And this, you know, the beef juices, you know, since this last week, it just I've had orders, you know, throughout the wazoo and. You know, I'm pretty blessed to be, you know, where I'm at today. If you would ask me, you know, two years ago if I was, you know, going to be at this, you know, point in my life and my barbecue career, I would have told you you're crazy. So thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, you got it. And uh, Donnie Bray, Warren County Pork Choppers, uh, anything that you are looking to promote, talk about, uh, push or otherwise, the floor is yours. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to say thanks uh, for inviting me on. I know that uh, watching your roundtable uh, first time I seen it, I thought I would probably never be asked. So I was definitely felt like the fat girl that got uh, asked to dance tonight to be to have fun. So I uh, really appreciate that. And I'd like to give a big thanks to my sponsor, the BarbecueSuperstore.com. Uh, they're fun guys, and uh, it's, been, it's been a great ride with them. So uh, um, they've been big help to me with my classes. That's something I'd like to we got one more scheduled for this year in uh, September. We're getting people to ask to do something a little later, but it it is a tell-all class, and we're having a big time with it here in the country and the barn that we converted over into that. And um, I don't know, barbecue's just uh, it's really right now making me feel good about being me. So um, my hats off to everybody that's got a hand in on putting these uh, contests together and these wonderful reps that we that we deal with on a weekly basis in KCBS, and uh, it's just all good. I'm very, just very, very proud to be here. Uh, that is Donnie Bray. He is the Pitmaster Warren County Pork Choppers, currently uh, leading the points race for Team of the Year KCBS and the leading brisket cook, by the way. Again, Jason Ganahl from GQ Barbecue. And uh, Jim Elser from Sweet Smoke Q. Gentlemen, thanks so much for joining me. Continued success. And I'm sure uh, individually we'll uh, talk again very soon. There they are, ladies and gentlemen. The brisket panel. Wow. Desmond Motley, what the hell is going on over here? I don't know. I learned some valuable, valuable information. Are you awake over there? Yeah, I'm awake. <laughs> hey, it's rude to try to interrupt people. 
I, well, you're probably and, like, well, let me ask you about this. And let me ask I you want about to it. so bad. I know. <laughs> let me do this uh, quick read, and then we'll uh, we'll do a quick recap, and then I'll uh, no let problem. you go to bed. You probably got work tomorrow. Uh, folks, the, the longest-running sponsor of the show is the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control technology. Uh, if you're not familiar with how these work, uh, I don't like to talk about We all know that, but imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature. And once set, keeps it running at that set temperature all the way through the cook. It's not too good to be true. It is real-life technology, and you could take advantage of it today. Uh, maybe you're a busy working professional, like me and Desmond, and you don't have time to set around and tend pit temperatures. Uh, we get it. The Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt or a brisket, a couple slabs of ribs. You're off to do whatever it is you need to get done. And the Guru maintains that pit temperature you set it at. There's a number of models to choose from. Uh, I have a, a party queue over to the uh, left side of me that I used uh, last week. It's uh, flawless. Easy. You know, it's the least expensive point of entry, 149 bucks. It goes on a number of different cookers. Uh, but there's different models for the different level of geekdom or uh, size of cookers or whatever you want. And uh, you can get it all at the thebbqguru.com. Uh, of course, if you're in the market for a cooker, Onyx Oven is one you want to look at. Holds a ton of meat, accommodates half in full pans for food service, works seamlessly with any of the Barbecue Guru pit temperature control devices, of course. So here's what you want to do. 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. That's the phone number. Or visit the website, thebbqguru.com. Uh, Desmond and I, back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. I've screwed that up. Let's try it again. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, that's what I want. Uh, Desmond Motley uh, sitting in on the show tonight. There he is. Man, myth, legend. Uh, I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Thanks to Donnie Bray, Jason Ganahl, and Jim Elser. Welcome, uh, sitting in. So, uh, oh my God, just, it will never stop. I'm interested in uh, you know somebody that's a backyard cook. I mean, it's different for me because I've been hosting this show and I've been doing roundtables for years now. So I've come to have an expectation of what I'm going to hear. But as someone who perhaps just recently found out that there was a, a competition circuit out there for people to take part in and uh, there, there's you know guys like the, the, these uh, gentlemen that were just on the show that are you know tops in the industry. Uh, few are better than them at cooking brisket. Like, uh, what's your take on that whole hour of show? Well, hour plus. I'm sure the guy at Outdoor Cooking Channel is ready to kick me in the balls. But, uh, you know, what's your take on that? You there? Me? Yeah. What's, oh. I'm talking to you. Hey, hey, I thought you were reading emails. Anyway. No, what's your take, Desmond? <laughs> you know what? Please I mean, that, that was a wealth of knowledge. Uh, you got different perspectives, different, different insights of, I mean, these, these three gentlemen are at the top of their game. And when it comes to the brisket and I mean, they have techniques, styles and routines that get them get them to where they are. Um, you know, I, I felt that uh, the injections, you know, the cutting, the rub, the, the time, 12 hours. Yeah. 
12 Donnie God bless you 12 hours that that has to be a phenomenal brisket in terms of taste uh, with a finished product um, like you want some of that I, I, I truly want some right now no no joke I, I want to taste what 12 hours of of sitting in the ice chest tastes like after you know I just I learned a lot uh, I need to buy a guru um, or I'll just steal yours one, one or the other and uh, I'll, I'll get a brisket going and maybe some pork butt and see see how it goes all right well uh, next time I get invited out to a comp if it's uh, near but we'll, we'll go together and you can sample some some great stuff yeah absolutely we got to wrap up I just heard from uh, I just heard from the man over at the video partner. We got to wrap it up. Oh, okay. I'm a little long. I'm a little long. Usually, I'm right at the dot. Uh, thanks to my first hour guest, Ray Lampy, Doctor Barbecue. Look for him on television in a number of different places. Look for him going into the Hall of Fame this year at the uh, Kansas City uh, American Royal for the Barbecue uh, Hall of Fame induction service. And then thanks to Jason Ganahl, Donnie Bray, and Jim Elser for the competition brisket roundtable. Humble apologies to Kevin Bevington over at uh, Outdoor Cooking Channel. We ran late, but I wanted to make sure we got everything in. And a special thanks to my man Desmond Motley for uh, joining us next time. You can sit in next time, too, if you want. Absolutely. You just have to come on over and knock on the door. <laughs> uh, as we always leave you, if you uh, use the raw cast iron, season it each and every time. Hit it with a little uh, grill brush to knock off the bits. And then as it starts to cool down, a little Pam, a little Crisco. Let it burn back in each and every time. Generations of rust-free service. Also, September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, your program host and a proud U.S. American, and for Desmond Motley, good night now.